Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's happening to Mike Schmidt, 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast? Uh, it's Christmas season, as indicated by that theme song that everybody loves and knows by heart and wants to sing. And let's sing it all together right now. What if I did the words right now? What if you just heard it? And you just heard it fade out, and yet I jumped back in and I started the whole thing over again. And that's all I did was I sang that for an hour. Would you be on board with little Linus and Lucy and Schmitty? And we were knocking that out to the dulcet tones of our friend David Hernandez. Is that what you want to do? You want to go ahead and have a sing-along with Mike? Why not have a sing-along with Mike? Now, I'll tell you what. You start. Uh, seems a little sour, seems a little weak on your end. I got to be honest. Uh, hi, how you doing? All right. We did a stream last week where we talked a stream. Everything's a fucking stream now. I got to stop that <laughs> dudes. You have no fucking idea what I've done to myself. I've chained myself to the fucking gigantic vault that is Twitch. I, I now I'm a prisoner. I'm a prisoner of my own success. That's what I'm going to call myself. By the way, I use this word success as loosely as you could possibly use. You know what it is? I got nine people who care. So that's that. As far as I'm concerned, in my world, that is success. That That's a way to get people on board. If you go, hey, you know what? Nine people are watching you shoot people. Then you know what? That you're a success in the online world and Twitch. Um streaming is it just it permeates my very existence it pops into my head everything i do everything is a stream hey you want to do you want to do that that's a stream no no mike we're we're getting lunch uh, let's stream lunch you want to stream lunch let's do that let's go ahead and get some fucking burritos and stream those motherfuckers right down our gullet can we get an audience is it, look because if 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 you're doing things and nobody's watching what's the point that's what I've learned in my life so far. I mean, if I wanted to go play a video game and I wanted to go ahead and assault Indians and be a cowboy person, I could do that on my own. Uh, but what's the point if I don't have 15 people cheering me on and telling me to shoot a guy who's by a train? That's what I need. I need a constant posse. I need a constant posse of people who tell me to do bad things. That's because, look, I've got plenty of that in my head. I've got a posse in my skull that always tells me to make the wrong decision. And at 51, I fought it off as long as I possibly can. And I continue. It's a daily fight. I'm pinned to the ground. It's got me. You ever read Jim Morrison's fucking uh, No One Here Gets Out Alive? He tells stories about his little his older brother. His older brother would pin him to the ground. This is a totally a true story, and I'm sure I've mentioned it on here before. Jim Morrison, who, by the way, can we all agree we would all hate if we ever met the guy? Don't you think? Don't you think if you met fucking Jim Morrison at a party, you'd be like, oh, this fucking shitbag again. He pulls out a fucking 
like a, a flask. And then he's got a wine skin as well because he can't be without less than two liquors at any fucking time in his life. And then he pulls out a moleskin notebook where he's jotted a drawing of the Indian who spoke to him when he was eight. Shut the fuck up, Morrison. Nobody cares. He's he's literally Morrison is the fucking idiot. He's the Stephen Bishop on the fucking ch- uh, stairs in Animal House with the guitar. And we're all the Belushi's smashing Morrison's guitar into fucking bits. Because he's out there, he's like, you know, have you ever been to a party and you got a couple of beers in you and you're having a little bit of fun and you go into the kitchen, there's that one guy with like four girls around him and you hear him say the phrase, ride the snake, throw that motherfucker out of that party. Nobody wants to deal with that. You know who's the only person less fun than Morrison at a party? The nerdy man Zarek at the party who looks up to the Morrison. The fucking doors, that's all they are. They're just a bad party. They're a bad college party somewhere. You got just the fucking, you got Krieger and Dunsmore off to the side with the bad hair and then the man Zarek's the nerd who kind of idolizes the Morrison and follows him around and then he gives this this fucking aura of being uh, prophetic or or interesting and it's not for real. I mean, none of those guys are interesting. Manzarek's all glasses. Krieger's all bad hair. Dunsmore, you don't know a fucking thing about him except the dumb, stupid name. And the Morrison, yeah, he's got a cleft chin. Good for him. And he's got a fucking pen and he writes fucking poems. And and look, did he do some good work? Yes. Everybody steps into a fucking creative hole every once in a while and generates a fucking L.A. woman. It happens. Do I like L.A. woman? Probably not. Not as much as you guys do. I'm sure you all love it. Hey, wait a minute. Are you turning on me? Are you trying to tell me now that you love fucking Morrison? Have I gone down the wrong path with you people? Don't go anywhere please uh no if you met morrison you'd fucking hate him of course you would peasant blouse put a fucking shirt on you hippie jesus christ morrison oh my god you know he stinks dude are you kidding me he just he just smells like patchouli and 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 four-day-old pussy juice that's what he fucking smells like just fucking uh, and look good for him he climbed into some lady's vagina. And back in the 60s, nobody cared. Nobody's shaving. Nobody's getting clean. They're all doing Woodstock and surfing on each other's fucking vagina and genitals and just fucking smelling like one another. That whole, dude, Woodstock, that's a, that's, that's just a Petri dish, right? That whole fucking thing is just a big STD. One, uh, that's I think that's where herpes was invented, was it Woodstock? Because everybody would just walk around. They had a fuck train going on from tent to goddamn tent. You know why? And here's the thing. I'd, I'd be fucking everybody that moved. Even if you told me everybody at fucking Woodstock was diseased, I would absolutely stick my dick in them because the Option, the the alternative is listening to wavy gravy tell me shit from the stage fuck you gravy <laughs> i mean i don't like your fucking rhyming name i don't like your bad hairline i don't like you coming out and give me some fucking speech about the brown acid because i'll tell you what if the alternative to the brown acid is listening to wavy gravy tell me any shit at all about free love give me handfuls of the brown acid i'm eating brown acid and bad pussy just to avoid wavy gravy and his message of love get the fuck out of here with your free love goofy bullshit you know what there's a reason people like richie havens that night when he came out there with the bongos and did whatever the fuck he did there's a reason people watch shana not woodstock because it meant they didn't have to listen to fucking wavy gravy because shana and i gets a bad rap everybody's like can you believe shana and i was at woodstock holy fuck those people tolerated bowser yes they tolerated bowser Bowser because they were high on pussy and drugs for fucking days and it was a fucking welcome respite from wavy gravy coming out and going oh dudes one more thing fuck you Neil from the young ones nobody wants to hear your bullshit Jesus Christ wavy gravy get the fuck out of here man it's like whenever I see Bill Graham they talk about him and he was like the guy he was in charge of like promoting all the free love and Janis Joplin and he ran the Fillmore and man he ran with the hippies Bill Graham was the J. Jonah Jameson of the fucking free love movement he was just a guy with his sleeves rolled up and he saw a way to make a quick buck and he stormed the fuck in tiny mustache brush cut and he's like fuck it I can make money out of these hippies because they don't realize what the fuck is going on he got them all high sure he had all the best drugs Bill Graham because then when they get high and go on stage he'd rifle their peasant pockets in the back and steal whatever coins they had Bill Graham was a looting motherfucker. You can bet on that. Uh, he was a rootin' tootin' looting person. Yeah, by the way, if you, if, for those of you just tuning in, 
Usually this is my voice. It's just me talking on this show, the 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast. Hi, I'm Mike Schmidt. I host this thing. Uh, But if you can hear a voice in the background, occasionally a laugh, because apparently I'm not killing here at this show yet, but you can hear him sort of laugh sometimes. But if you hear him chiming in with something he's going to say, uh, that's our good friend Ahmad with a seven, a seven M-A-D. Now, I would tell you, I found out that for years and years because I was I was adopting even within adopting the seven that goes in the name. I've also I've Americanized it by adding an H. And, and, uh, and look, there's nothing I like to do more than add an H to everything, <laughs> right? When you think about it, I, I just like, I, I spell car C A R H just because it's in there. It's a silent one. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Mike, why didn't you put it after the C? Well, cause then everybody thinks I'm driving a char around town and that's not going to fucking happen. I can't tell them the H is silent, but if it's at the end, they see it and they understand it's like car. So, uh, Ahmad has a seven in his name, a seven M a D not an H a H seven M a D is what I told everybody to spell it as, but then I was corrected as he came to town and he's like, nah, dude, there's no fucking H because actually, and then I found this out, even though a lot of their language involves like the, there's no H in the Arabic language. It's not there. It's just, there's, there's A's, there's M's, there's a seven. Don't, don't try to tell me about the Arabic language friend. All right. I've been there twice. I don't know who you think you are, <laughs> uh, but that's our buddy Ahmad and he's here lurking and on the podcast. And uh, you know, it's funny when I started thinking, you know me, I'm always like, Hey dude, you don't have to fucking listen to this if you don't want, or I can go do it in another room or you can go sit in another room, whatever you fucking want. Um, but that's just weird for me and everybody involved because the whole point is people want to listen. They're very nice. And, and so I've tried to, uh, tell myself not to be like that. So just seconds before I sat down to record the show, uh, Ahmad with a seven was over on the couch and he had his phone out and he was watching some professional wrestling on the television set and he was looking on his phone and I figured I would just sneak over here and record a podcast while he was living his life and doing whatever it is Ahmad does when he's here on my couch. And, uh, and then he looked up at me and he said, Hey, um, could I sit on it? Sit in on this. And I will tell you, it made me very happy that he asked that because I did not think he would have any interest in sitting in and listening to me talk. So and but also there's that instinct inside of me that wants to go, fuck, man, you don't have to do that. You don't want to listen to this bullshit. Nobody wants to fucking over here because that's what I do. It's it's the dumbest fucking. I mean, I made friends with Ahmad via this show. He used to listen to the Never Not Funny show that I was on. Uh, how old was that sense? What old man said he used to listen to the Never Not Funny? You know, it's a, it's a podcast from my past. Uh, he learned of me from that. And I didn't, you know, I just found out about something uh, that I didn't realize because Ahmad was having a discussion earlier this week and he, he jumped into a never not funny sans me. Like he was a fan of never not funny before he even knew who I was. He was listening to year three. Uh, and then he listened all the way clear all the way up to year eight. And then he went, I better check into their past. They keep mentioning people. (laughs) I know this. I'm teasing. (laughs) Uh, This is missing something. There's a missing element in this. Okay. All right. So you, you started year nine. Where'd you jump in? I jumped in nine. All right. He jumped into year nine on Never Not Funny. And then he listened to all of those. And he's like, God damn, this is a fucking great show. And then you went, I'm going to investigate its past. Yes. All right. And then he wound up stumbling into Never Not Funny year one, uh, in which I was in 51 of the episodes, I think. I think I was in 51. I don't know if they started to do seasons after I left or how they worked it. Um I, I know they did one very awkward episode without me, and that didn't go well for anybody involved. Just a couple of guys acting sheepish around two microphones, pretending that they didn't ask me to leave. Uh, you know, things came to kind of a bit of a uh, head here, and Mike, unfortunately, you know, he had to he had to go, and he decided he he decided not to be part of this anymore. Oh yeah, I had a lot to do with that decision. Uh, and of course, I'm I'm friends with them now. That's all water under the the never not funny bridge. 
And uh, and by the way, please do not take the Never Not Funny Bridge. It was it was Gavin and fucking Elliot who built it. And I warn you. Uh, actually, you know what? I apologize. Gavin built the Never Not Funny Bridge with people from uh, Pop Culture Beast. And then, huh? Oh, I keep saying Gavin. Garen, he built it. And then uh, Elliot is the troll that you have. He asks you riddles so you can cross the Never Not Funny Bridge, <laughs> which is not fun for anybody. Um, so please uh, avoid the Never Not Funny Bridge at all costs. Um, so Ahmad, he, he tuned into that and he found me through there. And then he hopped over and he segued over to the, Never, the, the 40-year-old boy podcast of which you're listening right now. And then he and I became friends through through that. You know what I mean? He, he said, you want to come to Kuwait? I said, I did. And, and we're off and running on a friendship that will never end. But the point is, he uh, he heard me first there. And so when I say, hey, man, you probably don't want to listen to this. Hey, man, you don't want to sit in on this. Hey, man, you couldn't be less interested in hearing this. Uh, all of those things are me projecting because, of course, he wants to hear. And, of course, he wants to sit in because he, he found me via this sort of medium. He found me via podcasting. And so for him to sit at my side, he's on he's my left microphone right. Oh, that doesn't work out at all. Hold on. No, he's my left microphone left. That's he's, he'd be playing a twister game if he was my left and microphone right. Um but to have him on board and have him sitting here and watching the show, that's you know ideal for me because when he asked, I was like, yes, that would be totally cool. And I actually said that I didn't, I did not do that thing where I tried to talk him out of sitting and listening to me. Instead, I reached out and I was like, yeah, that would be cool. Of course, come on over here. Uh, and then we started recording the show, and here we are, running downhill, talking about how much Ahmad loves the Doors. Um, he yeah, he does not, he does not love the Doors. I can't imagine the Doors playing in 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 Kuwait. I can't imagine the Doors going to the Middle East. Did the Doors ever play anywhere besides fucking? Los Angeles at the whiskey and then New Haven where fucking Morrison hugged a sheep and stuck his finger out and said it was his dick. Like, I think it's the only two shows the doors ever played. They played the whiskey where they got the record contract and then they played a show in fucking Connecticut where where Morrison thrust his finger out and said it was his dick and then he kissed a sheep on the face and then he got beat up for making out with a chick in the bathroom stall. Those are the only two shows that Morrison did. The rest of the time he's walking up and down Venice Beach and he's uh, he's getting noticed because again, he's he's fucking writing in his notebook, sand, the beach. Sand in my shoes. Ray will not leave me alone. <laughs> That's got to be an entry on every third page of Manzarek's notebook or fucking Miros's notebook. Ray will not leave me alone. Ray continues to insist that if somehow we put a 1920s pipe organ underneath my poetry, people will buy our records. And Manzarek, again, he was a fucking prophet. He saw it. Ray insists if we could have Dunsmore and Krieger Two guys who could not look more alike if they tried as our fucking rhythm section. We could go ahead and have a band uh, and then I could show up whenever I wanted and I could fuck Janis Joplin in the ass while she went ahead and screamed her fucking songs because, uh, you know, they did that. Right. Didn't they have, they had to have some crazy orgy? Like I said, they're because they're all gross. They're like, look, Janis Joplin, wonderful talent. Janis Joplin, uh, a legend, certainly, in her voice, and she gets it done. But when you see her, don't don't you think she smells like a dumpster? Don't you just look at Janis Joplin and you just think to yourself, oh, my Christ, there's no way. She never saw the inside of a shower unless she was hiding from the man. That's the only way Janis Joplin ever made her way into a shower. She just looks like she stinks. Now, on the other side, and I mean stinks, by the way. I don't want to say that she looks like, well, she could looks like she could use a, uh, you know, a good scrubbing. Certainly, they all could. But she looks like she actively, aggressively stinks. She looks like she looks like she could replace fucking pig pen and the peanuts gang. And doesn't that make that show more interesting? Really? When you think about it, what if Snoopy's making Turkey and Janice Doplin shows up and she stinks and eats the fucking popcorn balls and everybody's like fucking Janice. Uh, 
Uh, although you got to think that she'd be fucking, she'd scissor up with Peppermint Patty right there on the Thanksgiving table, right? If you do a, if you do a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and Janis Joplin takes Pigpen's place, uh, she absolutely scissors out with fucking Peppermint Patty. And uh, th- let me ask you this. All right, I'm going to go on this. I'm, does Marcy enjoy that? Does Marcy take notes and watch? Or does she, uh, is it weird? Is it like when you're with your wife and she's given birth? And, and uh, you're holding her hand and giving her encouragement. Does Marcy just hold Peppermint Patty's hand and try to bring her off while she's scissoring with Janis Joplin right there by the Thanksgiving turkey? Is Woodstock disgusted? Does Franklin turn around and leave? Does Snoopy himself get involved in some weird way? I don't know. But I, I, I you know what? I'm looking forward to debating it with you guys for the next half hour. What if I did? What if I broke it all the way down? All right, show opens. There's Charlie Brown. Or if they do Charlie Brown Christmas. Where Christmas time is here. And then uh, Janis Joplin shows up at that party with the tree. And then they're all fucking doing the weird dance. And then she stands on Schroeder's piano. Schroeder's playing a tune. And then she's just like, hold on, hold on. And everybody's like, what the fuck, Janis? Seriously, it's a Christmas pageant, man. And go take a goddamn shower, stink lines. Uh, Sorry, I just looked up some Janis Joplin pictures and she absolutely looks like she stinks. Right, thank you. All right, Ahmad knows. He just looked her up. Wait, did you not know who she was initially? I knew who she was. All right, but you'd never really seen her. I wanted to to feel like how... how, (laughs) I wanted to feel the stink. (laughs) You had to have it come through your phone? Ahmad needed that stink to hit him right in the goddamn face. And I'm telling you, if you look at her, she, she... Yeah, dude, look at her. Of course. She she looks I mean she's got with this picture he's showing me right now she's got I mean she's got one hard nipple and a pelt on her head. That's not a good combination for anybody. And you know she clearly has not seen water for weeks. She's she's uh drinking whiskey. The only and you know what? She, this is what Janis Joplin did. I don't know if you're aware of this. First of all, she uh, she took the the blues and raced them to a place no other white woman had before her, but also Janis Joplin invented the sweat bath. And what she did was she would get so fucking worked up and aggressive and just start sweating. And then she would use soap with her sweat to try to clean herself in some way and consider herself fucking scrubbed. No dice, Joplin. Put that soap down and turn a faucet on for fuck's sake. But no, she felt that she invented the sweat bath. That's how I feel about it. And I, you can look it up. You can Google it. It's right there on her Wikipedia. Janice Joplin invented the sweat bath in which you work yourself up to be as sweaty as possible. And then you grab a bar of soap and you use your own sweat as the moisture to lather up. Oh, nobody wants a goddamn sweat lather. Jesus, that's disgusting, Joplin. Uh, but she did it. That's how she made it happen. That's how she made it work. She invented a sweat bath. Uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. And Jim Morrison encouraged it. He was right there. And fucking Hendrix just fucking swallowing his own vomit. They all swallowed their own vomit, didn't they? You got to be, it was, that was the finish line for them. You got to be 27 years old and you swallowed your own vomit. Uh, and you know what I picture? I pictured Kurt Cobain desperately trying to swallow his own vomit for like the entire year until he just went, fuck it. I got to go shotgun. He, he tried. He liked symmetry, if nothing else. You know, Cobain is like, all right, I'm in the 27 club. That's fine. How do I get in? And I got to swallow my own vomit. And just the ghost of Bon Scott encouraging to do it. And he just couldn't pull it off, man. He had so many stomach problems anyway. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I can't throw up. So I'm just going to go ahead and blow a hole in myself. Uh, and then as we all know, Courtney Love came in and cleaned. You know, I, I've been playing that fucking Red Dead Redemption game. And when you ever go into a house, you loot it. You steal everything. That's what Courtney Love did after she found Kurt Cobain's corpse. She didn't call the cops immediately. She went through to try to steal gold records and whatever the fuck else. She was looking for his uh, Darzapan. Is that a, I, I don't know. That's that a, that might not be a drug. I might've made that up. 
Uh, that might be, I think that's an almond paste, isn't it? Darzapan <laughs> was Kurt, K- Kurt Cobain's house filled with almond paste. Um, and then and Courtney Love's like, oh man, I got to clean this up. Cause you know why they would rather it look like an iniqui- uh, like a den of iniquity and a drug den filled with shotgun shells and blood. than if people realized that he liked fondant and making cakes, what if that was the cake? Oh, we can't kill his legend by having a fucking cake display. What if Kurt Cobain was the original cake boss? What if that was a guy who went ahead, not only did he make songs, but then to fucking, you know, he wore a dress he threw a guitar in the air and he fucking yelled he's the man who sold the world but he's also what if he's the man who sold the world and also the man who made cakes in his spare time that's not a song i want to hear unless cobain busted out you know what nirvana did that got back together with the ghost of cobain fronting it and they sang a song called the man who made cakes in his spare time maybe i buy that maybe that's a b-side on a foo fighter song i should probably breathe at some point during the show don't you think jesus christ i'm talking you don't think so ahmad you don't think i should breathe all right ahmad knows uh but that oh you, you know why because you want me to perish you want me to fucking suffocate and die here so then you can go to my house like you can go through like courtney love and steal all my darzapan slash marzipan i just realized marzipan is the almond paste oh dude i used it today i made it i made rice while ahmad was here because ahmad uh you know and also let's uh, let's talk about this for just a second ahmad got here last wednesday and uh, I told you guys the story on the air of our dinner at Animal. That was just, uh, oh, my God, was it amazing? Well, and I, he said to me, he's like, dude, this is never going to really top, be topped this entire time. But I, I will tell you this. It's not like he and I didn't try to top it or haven't been trying to top it because um, we're bloated. I mean, I, there's no other way to put it. He and I, I don't I don't know what we've done to ourselves. It, it has just been we're monsters. That, that, I, that's the only way to put it in, in a way that you'll understand. We have just been eating non-fucking-stop. And I mean, not just... It's not like we're having like a small salad or whatever the fuck. We went Wednesday to Animal, and we came home with Thursday, and I had to uh, I had to pick up my brother in Long Beach Thursday morning at fucking 6 a.m., so we did that. And then I dropped... Uh, I, I said to Lenny, so again, Lenny was hungry, so I looked at him and I talked to him. I go, hey, you guys, there's a bagel truck by my house that's really great. <laughs> After we had had that dinner at Animal the night before. Uh, and Ahmad's like, man, I'm in. And Lenny's like, fuck yeah, I love that bagel truck. So we went to the bagel truck that opened at 8 o'clock a.m. And we walked up. We got there at like 7.58. And uh, the, the window's closed. And I'm like, come on, man. Open your window two minutes early. But that's fine. I guess I understand it. You're working to work. You're working a job. You don't want to open ahead a of fucking time. You got a whole day. Because they were, it's called, brace yourselves, folks. I'm going to share this with you. It's called Yeasty Boys bagels and they fancy themselves and look uh, they fancy themselves like kind of the outlaws of bagels like the guy who runs the joint uh he he goes by the name bagel lord i forget his real name evan maybe and uh and he's super cool like the first time i went to the truck he was there because he because they this truck parks all over los angeles but it never came to the valley so i started following them on instagram and like two months ago they put up a thing they said hey it was a poll and i said should we ever come to the valley and it was like 96 to 4 percent yes so the next week they scheduled a spot in Studio City near my house. So I said, all right, well, I'll check this out. So I went that week and he was there because it was the big premiere. And I'll tell you what, it was what a fucking gold mine. Because when I walked up, there was a line of like 30 people and I had to wait. And, all, and, and I know you're thinking, you're like, Mike, why do you wait in line for food? You can go up to the fucking street and get a bagel. Well, I'd waited this fucking long. I wanted to try it. So I got in line. Uh, I finally got to the front and I was mad because they were, uh, they, uh, you order sandwiches, you know, they got all these different sandwiches that they make and then you can uh, make it heavy which means they put a potato latka right in the center, a fried potato latka. Yeah, this place is not fucking around, man. So I get to the front, and uh, I had plenty of time to think of my order, and this guy, Evan, took my order, and he could not have been friendlier. But also, like I said, they're young people, so they run their business a little differently. Like, they have a tip jar, but it says uh, anal bleaching fund. Oh, (laughs) hilarious, young people. And then right on the truck, it says, Yeasty Boys, bagels, schmears, 
other shit. And that's on their menu, other shit. And I, look, man, there is no less appetizing word in the English language than shit for me. I don't know why. I just don't care for it. I don't, uh, I don't know why. Well, I mean, of course I know why, but what I mean is it's become part of the lexicon to where it's, uh, when people are like, this is my shit or you're on the good shit or, you know, that, uh, I'm all up in his shit. I, uh, I can't help but think of the literal meaning of the word shit. Whenever anybody's like, oh, this is that good shit. And I'm like, oh, even though it's become a qualifier and it means anything, it's like, fuck, fuck can mean anything. It's an adjective, a verb, a noun, whatever the fuck you want it to be. Uh, whatever you want to fuck on me, whatever you want to do is fine. <laughs> um, nobody knows what that is, but that's fine. Maybe they'll Google it. Google fuck on me and see if it comes up. No, don't do that, by the way. Please don't do that. Because <laughs> I got to be honest with you. The way I meant it, it's gonna, there's going to be a million worse things ahead of it, but that's fine. Um, but when you, use, when you use the word shit like in, your, in a food business, like if you said, we got the good shit here. Come on in and have a bowl of soup. I'm like, I, all I think about is it's shit soup. All I think is there's just like a gigantic fucking shit log in the middle of it. And I'm like, even, even when I make a joke, cause you know me, I'm, I'm squeamish and weird. Like Pardo was where we don't like, I don't, I don't care for fart humor. I don't care for shit humor. I don't care for butts. I mean, it, it just, I mean, I, I look, I'll eat ass. Don't kid yourself. I will bury my face right in your ass and go to work until you fucking say my name twice, maybe even four fucking times. But the thing is, all right, you know, bullshit. I say twice. You know why? Cause while I'm eating that ass, you won't be able to say my name. You might get it out once. But then the rest of the time, you'll be making noises that sound nothing like Mike. Uh, all right. Sorry, Ahmad. Brace yourself. <laughs> You're a grown-up. You understand. And you've been... See, maybe you don't want to sit in anymore. Maybe now you want to go watch some TV. Um, but just the word the word shit, it just... it's Because uh, there, was, there was this guy... I think I've talked about this on the show before, but this is what it conjures up images of. There was a guy... Uh, and look, if he's listening, God love him. I'm sure he's still, he has a career and he's more successful than I'll ever hope to be. His name was Bobby Gaylor. And he was a comedian, and he and he built himself as uh, he was the dark prince of comedy, I think it was, or the the dark, the dark lord of comedy. I don't fucking know. I, the bagel lord of comedy, perhaps he was the bagel lord of comedy. Maybe he's the dark bagel of comedy. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he was Bobby Gaylor, and he was the dark prince of comedy. And if you're gonna be, if you're gonna build yourself as the dark prince of comedy, I mean, you've got to really, you've got to really plumb the depths for me. You've got to really mine some darkness to fucking make me go. That is the dark Prince. You know, I can understand if Jezelnik called himself the dark Prince of comedy, uh, even though he, he, he does it in that smarmy way and not smarmy. You know what I mean? It's just his style and who he is, but, or Stanhope you could consider because Stanhope will actually, you know, peel the onion and get to the fucking middle of shit. And he'll say some evil, awful stuff, but also he makes you think and Stanhope crushes it out of the park a lot of the time. But Bobby Gaylor, you know, he would call himself the dark prince of comedy or the dark lord, whatever the fuck he was. And then he would talk about how uh, how sometimes your shit floats and sometimes it sinks to the bottom. And he, he would do, you know, this huge chunk on shit and like cornfield shit and peanut shit and why it doesn't look different. Why when it goes in, it's one way. And how come the peanuts? Are? And I'm like, dude, what the this is fucking this is. So you, it's like you might as well say that an eight-year-old is the dark prince of comedy because that's the shit that he would talk about. Ah, see, the shit that he would talk about. See, see, I use it as a qualifier too. But if you use it literally, so whenever I see it written, whenever I see just those letters even, see them written, I just can't help but think about the fact that shit is what shit is. And so when you say, uh, you know, beagle, beagles, what if they sold beagles? Heasty Boys Beagles? Uh, it's, a, it's a mobile dog truck? Maybe I just invented something. Hold on a second. Maybe I invent a mobile truck where I send pets and I sell them off of there. Come and visit my pets and buy them and take them home. I, I'm guaranteeing I will not have a line. Um, 
But yeah, yeasty boy bagels, uh, bagels, schmears, other shit. And it just, and look, I get it. You're edgy and cool and that's fine. And the guy who runs the joint, Evan, he actually was just used in a, uh, in an ad campaign here in Los Angeles. And I don't know if they're national, but they're here. They're big here in Los Angeles because, well, well, they, well, all right, first of all, they can't be national because this isn't legal everywhere. Weed is legal here, but I don't know if they're legal here. If they're using weed in you know Colorado, if, if med men, it's a band, uh, a band, it's a, a company called med men. And once weed got legal here, all of a sudden, like it's almost like they wanted to position themselves as I'm I'm going to say the target of weed. OK, because they use the same red and white color scheme, red background words, med men and white and a brightly lit storefront, because a lot of these places are like, man, let's get dank with the dank and come over and, you know, you just sneak in through three alleys. You got to have a password. Yeah, but this shit is legal now. It doesn't matter, man. Adds to the fucking <laughs> adds to the bonus of you feeling like you're doing something wrong, I, I guess. I don't know, because um, a lot of guys, you know, they 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 keep the lights out. And there's armed guards and shit. But MedMen was really bright and it's well lit and it's got a big red and white sign. MedMen with weed and all that shit. And there's a line out the goddamn door. So when I saw it in my brain, I was like, these guys are brilliantly positioning themselves to be the weed place. I mean, everybody will have a favorite joint, but these guys, this is the one stop. You know, like, look, if you've got a retail joint, like, like if you went, if there's mom and pop bookstores that you like, that's fantastic. But these guys are the Barnes and Noble of weed. And I, I'm sure they won't reach the same fate because again, weed is weed and people are going to fucking want it no matter what. But I could see these guys like targeting the smaller shops and buying them the fuck up and just taking over the whole weed industry. It just, it just appeared to me like that's what they were launching themselves into doing. But they had an ad campaign as well. Whereas other, you know, weed places like put a sticker on a stop sign. Yeah, man, stop in and see us. The bottomless bowl or whatever the fuck. Well, uh, which, by the way, uh, th- that's another place you'll find shit is in the bottomless bowl. It's nasty. Don't kid yourself. Bobby Gaylor will tell you all about it. But I wound up going to the uh, uh, to MedMed. You know, they, they've got this ad campaign. I didn't go there, but I mean, I've dropped people off and picked people up for Uber there. But there's this ad campaign. They started to use local Los Angeles kind of celebrities and they actually used a sport. I forget what they used a former Laker and then they used the guy from yeasty boys and stuff. So it would say stuff like, uh, you know, entrepreneur weed smoker or something like that, or, you know, entrepreneur, uh, dank meme collector, whatever the fuck. So, so the, I, and, but they, so Evan had, he got a lot of run for that. Like he was on billboards in the fucking city because med men reached out. And so that tied into the bagel thing and whatever. When I met him, he couldn't have been more cool. But again, they're very young. That's how they hip themselves. They're like, they're, Hey, we're the hip and edgy bagel shop, I guess. <laughs> so, so me and Ahmad and Lenny, we pull up and we get in line and we go up to the front and, uh, you know, Ahmad, I asked him what he wanted. He ordered his food. Lenny got his food. And I, you know, I got to the front and. I got to be honest, man. I like I said, they position themselves as young and edgy. I get to the window, and uh, you know who doesn't care so much for young and edgy? Your friend Mike Schmidt. That's who doesn't care so much for it. You know who doesn't care for indifferent clerk asking all the wrong questions and mocking you for asking for something? That's gonna be me, Mike Schmidt. Yeah, mocking. As far as I'm concerned, he's at the counter, and I uh, Ahmad ordered a. We, we look. He and I just ordered a few things together. He ordered a. They have all right, dude. They got a thing called. I think it's called a Rubenstein. Dudes, they take an everything bagel, a, a home bag, everything bagel. They cut it in half. They flip it inside out. And then they put pastrami and sauerkraut and cheese and Thousand Island dressing on it. And I mean, just you, it, dude, you want to tear the picture off the truck and fucking eat it. I mean, it, it just looks so goddamn good. But I've never gone. I've never ordered it because all the times I've gone to the bagel truck, I want breakfast. And they have a thing called the Chetty Wop. 
you know, kind of like Fetty Wap because again, young, cutting edge. Um, but Chetty Wap, it's it's an over easy eggs with cheddar cheese, and uh, you make it heavy. You put the latke in there, and then you throw some avocado in there, and then then you just take a nap for two days. You choke that fucking thing down, and all you want to do is sleep. It, it just because uh, literally, literally, it's uh, it's a like a it's an egg bagel with a uh, over easy egg and bacon and heavy cheddar cheese. And then you go and make it heavy with the latke in the middle. And then it comes with a side of Z's because they just sprinkle it all over it and you eat it and you drift off to a dreamland, man, because it is it is just this fist sized ball of carbs and pork and protein. And you just want to fucking curl up and die and sleep forever. So uh, I got one of those. And then Ahmad got the Rubenstein and we uh, and it said it had sauerkraut. And Ahmad and I are not sauerkraut people. So he said, uh, hey, man, can we get caramelized onions on that thing? And the guy looked at Ahmad witheringly, and he's like, we don't have caramelized onions. And uh, look, folks, I've worked in kitchens. I know a little bit about fire and what it does to food. If you have onions and you have fire and you have butter, in literally two and a half minutes, you will have fucking caramelized onions to put on my sandwich. So don't, to, to act like, we were fools to even think about the fact that you would have caramelized onions on a bagel drove me out of my fucking mind. Now, again, I recognize I am a guy who gets easily annoyed by things. Certainly as I, as Sh- even Shannon, this was funny. Shannon, There's something you didn't mention. I'm getting there about the tuna. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they've had special sandwiches before with caramelized onions on them before. So guess what? I know they didn't lose the fucking recipe. Make me some caramelized onions, you fuck. But this guy was new. He just, he just, you know who he looked like? He kind of looked like uh, a bagel making Ed Sheeran. Like when you just, I just didn't like him. He looked, uh, he also, you know who else he looked like? Who the fuck? Uh, Chuck Klosterman. You know who that fucking guy is? Just like a, a, a nerd who's got a fucking scientific equation in his back fucking pocket. And when he's not helping you with bagels, he's going to go ahead and read like fucking Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or whatever. And he's probably got a moleskin notebook he jots in because he's a fake Morrison. I mean, I just did not care for him at all, man. But sure enough, he stepped up and he's like, hey, uh, we don't have any caramelized onions, man. And I and I like I said, I wanted to step up and just go, dude, if you got fucking fire and you got onions and butter, you got caramelized onions in a fucking in two minutes. That's all you got to do. Fucking fry them up. Uh, and I understand you guys are like, well, you know, as a chef, I don't care for special requests. It's fucking caramelized onions. It's not a special request. Literally butter on the grill, throw the onions in a pile and make everybody else's fucking food. You don't have to, I don't give me, it could take an hour. What the fuck? I know I'm, I, so I know I'm losing my temper here a little bit. Never losing my temper, losing my mind. But as you know, I get that kind of shit. It just drives me crazy and it shouldn't. I just look at it as disrespect of the highest degree. And I should not to the point where to the, I talk to Shannon about stuff and it'll come up. And the, the phrase used to be, I would always say to her, look, I can get mad at a sink. Like That's what I always would say to her. And I've said it here on the show. So I'm not kidding. Last week we were talking about something and I go, so this happens. And I go, you know me. And she goes, you can get mad at a sink. I go, exactly, Shannon. Now, you know, now you're talking. I picture her just going home and jotting that in my file. He can get mad at a sink. Or like if you ever play a video game and they give you a guy's mugshot and it tells you like his special traits, my number one trait, he can get mad at a sink. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll wear that. That's fine. I got no problem with that because I'm telling you flat out that's who I am, man. Uh, So he fucking, he shined us on the caramelized onions and it was like, dude. And by the way, I should also say this. Uh, Lenny and Ahmad 
they don't pick up on any of this at all. They love the guy. They're taking photos with him. He, he's a fake Ed Sheeran, and they love the photos. They're taking a photo op. They're like, this is my favorite guy who makes bagels. I love him. And I'm like, guys, how do you turn on me like this? Now, I haven't even ordered yet. So Ahmad gets his Rubenstein, and uh, I get to the front of the counter, and I'm like, hey, man, I, you know, I need a Chetty Wap Heavy. And he's like, all right. And uh, then they had a tuna salad bagel. Oh, and, uh, you know, actually, Ahmad ordered the tuna salad, too. And the guy's like, hey. And, and so Ahmad's like, they had a spe- it was a special that week. On Instagram, I followed them. They had photos every single day. Uh, what up, degenerate dirtbags? Here's your fucking tuna salad. Yeah, eat it with other shit. And I'm like, well, doesn't that sound appetizing? I can't wait to bury my face in your shit-strewn tuna bagel. Uh, so I said to Ahmad, I go, the tuna actually sounds pretty good, so let's get that. So Ahmad says to the dude, hey, uh, can we get the tuna? And and the guy looks at Ahmad, and he's like, I don't, no, nah, we, don't, we don't sell tuna. And... Uh, Ahmad looks at me and I go, no, no, dude, it's a special this week. You have a, you have a tuna salad special. I follow you on Instagram. You put up photos of it all week. And, and fucking Ed Sheeran looks at the bagel chef and she says, uh, what's up? And he goes, do we have, and also I should say this, not in a way where he was like inquiring as a way to be happy or helpful to us in any way. It wasn't like, Hey chef, do we have tuna? Hey, you know what? This is weird. This guy's asking for tuna. All right. Is there any tuna on board? Instead he turns around and he looks at her and he's just like, Oh my God. Do we have fucking tuna? And uh, which is again, clearly that's what I may have heard it that way. He might not have said fucking. He, I don't know, but he did. He looked at her in this almost like get a load of these idiots. Do we have any tuna on board? And uh, and she looked and she and, and I, to her credit, the chef steps up and looks at this dude and she's like, uh, yeah, we have a tuna special. That's fine. We have a tuna special. And so uh, he goes, all right. Yeah, I, I, I guess we got it. And so I lean up and I go, uh can we get lettuce and tomato on it as well? Because it was just the tuna salad with cheese and, and avocado. And I said, can we get lettuce and tomato on it as well? <laughs> and an onion. I wanted lettuce, tomato, and onion on it. And the chef looks at us and she goes, yeah, I guess so. Like, if you if you want that. Com- completely dismissing us in some weird way. Like, like. Let, let me say something. <laughs> Go ahead. The special on the Instagram mentions lettuce and tomatoes and onions in the recipe. It says it right on there. So I just wanted to make sure they were making the special. They weren't going to give me just some fucking, you know, dough disc with a fucking spoonful of tuna on it. Make me the fucking sandwich. Treat me special. Love me. God damn it. Love me. Make me the bagel with love. I want a tuna sandwich with lettuce, tomato, onion, and love. That's what I want on, on, on the tuna. That's it. But when she looked at it, she's just like, I guess if that's how you want it. I, I, again, it was just this withering reply. Like, and again, but I should go ahead and say this. We're the third customers of the day. If you're this upset already this early in the day, if you're this mad, if you don't want to field questions at all this early in the fucking day, you got a long afternoon ahead of you here in front of Alfred Coffee in Studio Fucking City, man. Cause I guarantee one other person's going to have a question. Don't, you can't, look, you can't be the bagel Nazi. You can't sit there and stare at us and when we ask questions and treat us like the soup Nazi would because the very food you're serving is inherently against you using Nazi in any way, shape, or form. You can't be the bagel Nazi. It doesn't work that way. There's no such thing. Jewish food, you got to fucking back off and be nice and polite. You can't have any Nazi traits whatsoever. Or the the bagels themselves were rebel. Uh, if you want that, yeah, I guess so. If you want, and also, I didn't ask for fucking gold leaf. I asked for tomato, lettuce, and onion. You can get that at any sandwich in the fucking country. And she acted like, I guess so, if that's what you want, weirdo. 
How dare you want vegetables on your tuna sandwich? I just, it just, just the arrogance, the arrogance, folks, of the people at the Yeasty Boys bagels truck. Now, by the way, I love it. I love it, and I'll go back. I will certainly go back because, holy God, was it delicious. Because then we get the food and we get home. And uh, I actually I actually had to go ahead and post the show, I believe it was, because it was late Wednesday, early Thursday. And that's why. We, and I know you're thinking to yourself, oh, Mike, you said that you were running behind schedule. Well, I was because I had to stop and get bagels for my boys. Who am I, Al Capone? That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I got to stop and get the boys some bagels. Why? I keep them happy, see? Um, that's by the way, that's not Al Capone. He didn't talk like that whatsoever. He did not. He was from Chicago. So he was like, I got to get these guys some bagels. Hey, it, uh. <laughs> I don't know who that person is. And Popeye just showed up. <laughs> I got to get bagels for my boys. <laughs> Wimpy. All right. So, and by the way, Wimpy, that Jagoff, I got him a bagel last week that he would gladly pay me for today. What a dick. Oh no. I give me gladly pay me Tuesday for a hamburger today. He will glad. So it's Tuesday. Oh, he's got to fucking pay me that dick. God damn it, Wimpy owes me for a bagel. Uh, so we waited, and they made our food, and we took it home. And uh, and and I and then we get into the car, and I bitch about the guy. I'm like, well, I, all right, I didn't even wait to get in the car. I'm bitching on the sidewalk, and and both Lenny and Ahmad are like, yeah, you're you're probably taking this a little too seriously. I'm like, I'm not. I'm clearly not. This guy's a dick, man. I mean, he, he was treating us like shit. And I mean, I know you don't do that if you're making somebody that are making your food. You don't make fun of him. And I was being very quiet about it because I didn't want to fight the bagel guy. It wasn't that thing. I just felt. And granted, I hadn't had much sleep. Maybe I was feeling a little disrespected because there wasn't much sleep in my past. But uh, but still, man, if you're working with the public and you're a retail guy, but I get it. You're the Ed DeBevix. You're going to cut off a guy's necktie. You're going to be a shithead and go, ah, nice choice on the crab soup, you fucking jerk. Or whatever the fuck those restaurants do. Which, again, I don't get at all. Those They're like, ha ha, it's hilarious. You go there and the waiter, he punches you in the ear and makes you loopy. It's totally fun. They bring you a side of ham and they drop it in your fucking lap right on your balls. And so you get racked. It's fucking hilarious. No, no, bullshit. Bring me my food and be polite. I don't want to go to a fucking restaurant where people are mean to me. It's the dumbest fucking thing I ever heard. I don't understand this trend of like, hey, man, let's go pay to get fucking shit on. Won't that be hilarious? There's now these roasts like, you know, I, I've talked about this before where they do the uh, they do the Comedy Central roast, which is fine. You want to do a roast. Everybody's mean. And look, I would love a crack at writing for one of these roasts because Jesus, fuck what I could be. I, I think I'd be great at it because because uh, look, I can get mad at a sink, roast a sink. Here's the answer. I'll tell you roast a goddamn sink and hire me. And I will fucking take that sink out at the goddamn lug nuts. Are there lug nuts on a sink? I have no idea if there are. I'll, I'll take that thing out right at the drain, man. Uh, but I will get pissed and, and, and I can write roast stuff. But the thing is, they've now made roasts. Um, for, for regular people, like there's a thing in LA called roast battle. And I think it became a television show and Jeff Ross was involved and, and they're like, here's this unknown comedian from the comedy store and this unknown comedian from the comedy store. We'll put them in a cage together. Let's watch what happens. Uh, because comedians already are misfits enough and they hate everybody and they're all social fucking professional climbers and they have to be nice to your face and then shitty behind your fucking back and they bury a hatchet right in your spine. But now we're doing it under the guise of a show under the rubric of, oh, we're all having fun. Let's roast each other. Man, stand up comedy's hard enough. We don't have to roast each other. All right. If you want me to if you want me to write mean things about fucking Pee Wee Herman or whatever the fuck, I can do that. You pay me. But if you want me to write mean things about Carl Wilson, who's been doing stand-up for three years, that's fucking just terrible. That's bad for me. That's bad for Carl Wilson. It's bad for the audience because Carl Wilson gets ground into fucking fine Carl Wilson dust. Nobody wants to watch that. I mean, if you're rooting for me to destroy Carl Wilson, which I get, okay, you got to take sides in the roast. And also, you just want to hear Burns. You're like, aha, burn, man. But that's not healthy for anybody. And that's become this thing now where everybody's just so aggressive and mean. And I don't understand, you know. And look, I, I can I understand mean comedy and I can be angry and I can be upset. But but when you turn it on 
each other. It's just, it's just like a fucking bag of rats. You know what I mean? You're just throwing them all in and tying it up and see who survives. That's just fucking mean. We're all trying to make our way in comedy. We're all trying to get the same spots. We're all working the same clubs or rooms, at least when I was doing it. And I mean, it's like, you, I can't even imagine what it would have been like if I would have been at the last stop growing up and being a comedian. And they were like, all right, uh, Mike, you're going to roast Sam and Rich. You're going to roast, you're going to roast Mike, my buddy, Sam and Rich, who I basically ran with and Kelly and, and, uh, and then we would make fun of one another. Cause again, I, I'm not in comedy because I have a real thick skin. Okay. I, I, I wish I did. I wish I could say there was a way for me to be the guy who had stuff roll off of him. But as you just heard, I almost punched a woman because of lettuce. I mean, it's, I, I just, I lost my mind at a bagel truck and I didn't lose my mind. That's, that's, I'm really, I'm, I'm pushing the agenda there. I, I didn't, it, I never got angry or upset and I didn't, I didn't act out in front of them. But I went to Ahmad and Lenny and I go, this guy's, you know, he's kind of a disrespectful shithead, right? And they're just like, no, he's really not. I go, no, he is. And I, that was the thing is I wouldn't drop it. I wasn't mad or aggressive or angry and I wasn't really truthfully mad. I was annoyed. I was annoyed because uh, things have changed so quickly. And I, this will sound so dumb, but it used to be, you know, the, the, the customer is always right. You do what you can to take care of them. You do all these things. And, uh, and you just see too often enough now that, that people are willing to tell you, yeah, no, get fucked. And that's their gimmick. They're the they're the other shit truck, so they can be irreverent and fun. And and I guess that's irreverent and fun to some people. But I just want a bagel and a smile. Can it? Can't I get that from you, please? Couldn't? Can't I just get a bagel and a smile? Uh, but instead, I get a bagel and I get attitude. And nobody wants fucking attitude on a bagel because uh, you know what? Maybe that's the other shit. Now that I think about it, they got bagels and schmears and other shit. Maybe the other shit is attitude. Uh, cause attitude does not taste good on a bagel. I don't care if you got a sesame. I don't care if you got a raisin. I don't care if you got it. Everything. I don't care if you got a fucking, uh, uh, blueberry. Nobody wants attitude on their bagel. Uh, but that just started our odyssey. Well, it didn't it continued cause it started at animal and our odyssey of food has not ended. I mean, uh, when Ahmad comes here, cause again, he's a, he's a sophisticated man. He's a world traveler. He's been to Chile. He's been to Honduras. He's been to Japan with me. Uh, you were all over Europe, correct? Uh, just Italy and Switzerland. He's been, well, fine. Italy and Switzerland. Uh, he's been to amazing, fantastic places. But, uh, but when he comes here, he acts like a guy who's been eating sand and insults for like years <laughs> and years. Like he, he couldn't be more hungry and want more, uh, more of an experience of American food. And I'm look, that's fucking wheelhouse for me. I'm, I, I'm embarrassed at how much of a fat tourist I am because people will come in from, you know, I'll drive in the Uber and they're like, what's the cool things to see in LA? And I'm like, here are my 50 favorite restaurants. I mean, I don't have, I have no culture. You know what I mean? Unless, unless your statue is made out of chocolate, I'm not coming to your fucking museum. I apologize, but thank you for inviting me. Um, unless you're, unless, unless you've got the Willy Wonka room with the wallpaper I can lick and taste that I, I don't have any choice. I want to see your art. I just don't. Um, Although that's a lie. I mean, I would love to do those things. It's just, I, I don't, I just don't do them. I, 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 I go, I go eat. That's what I do. I find my tunnel, my way into a fucking giant hollow bread. And I hide there away from the insults of the general public. Um, but luckily I've got Ahmad, who's now my partner in crime. And he's just like, all right, I, you know, he wants to go to Katsuya while he's in town, which I, I'm more than happy to go get that fucking good ass sushi. But he, uh, we, we went and got fucking bagel truck on Thursday and then that night we had to pick up, there's a listener to the show, a good guy. I've talked about him on here, Justin. He actually sat in on a show as well once. I was in his hotel room and he sat in. He was on uh, He was on the show, Michael, we like Michael, when I drove Harry Styles' mom around. That was in Justin's hotel room. Um, and, and so I had to pick him up at the airport on Thursday. And then he he and I will have dinner usually when I pick him up. And I actually wrote him, I'm like, look, you know, Ahmad's in town. I don't know if that's your thing, if you want to do that. And, and I... <laughs> 
I've got to stop thinking that everybody's like me and they all need a warning about what's about to happen or they're going to, it'll upset their world and it'll spin off the axis and then they've got to wonder about what's going on. Because Justin's like, cool, I'd love to meet Ahmad and go get something to eat. And then my next instinct is to go, look, just because Ahmad is in town visiting me doesn't mean we have to go to dinner together. If you don't want to do something like that, that's totally fine. And I can arrange to just pick you up. And I, I, I don't know why I, I, I'm, I'm much better at it. I'm much better as, as indicated today by when Ahmad said, hey, can I sit in on the podcast? I said, let yeah. Me, let me say this. Okay. I am, I hate unsuspecting guests. Okay. All right. So I'm not wrong either. Yes. All right. Good. So what I mean, but what I mean is, um, I know Justin and I know he's super cool. So picking him up at the airport and then, and then, uh, is one thing, but then dinner is the thing that he and I go to. And I wanted to make sure he knew that I wasn't going to force him to be friends with you and get together and all that stuff. My, my point more is we can both not like an unsuspected guest or whatever the fuck or unexpected guest. But at the same time, what happens is when the person I'm talking to tells me they're very happy to meet unexpected guests and excited, I then go into phase two of talking them into why they don't want unexpected guests and why I'm a dick for forcing them to meet unexpected guests. That's where the problem lies. If I could just go surface and I could take people at their word. And if I say, Hey man, you know what? My buddy's in town. So I totally get if you don't want to do dinner, but he'll probably be there when I pick you up at the airport. And he says, no, that's fucking cool. We could go to dinner. That should be the end of it. As case in point, like I said, when you did the podcast today, you were like, hey, can I sit in on this? And instead of talking you out of it or telling you, I know you don't want to do that. Instead, I went, yeah, that'd be pretty cool, man. Come on over and sit down because that's what I genuinely wanted. And I genuinely wanted you to go to dinner with us, with me and Justin. But at the same time, I didn't want Justin to think that I was forcing him to take three guys and we would go to dinner and I would, I don't know what, I don't know what people have planned. And also, you know, Justin and I are friends as our, our, I, well, of course you and I are friends, but also listeners are friends and, and it's, uh, I don't want listeners to think I'm taking liberties and also because people are very nice and sometimes they only get to see me once every four months or five months and they want to hang out with me. So then if I say, hey, man, there's three other people coming. It was always weird when I did live shows. You know what I mean? I'd be like, hey, people try to claim me for the night. And I'm like, that's fucking cool. We'll definitely hang out. But then five or six other people are like, where are we going? What are we doing? And then I have to go, let's all go here. And then we got to get a minivan, which is fine. I don't mind because I love hanging out with people and meeting people. But at the same time, I don't want ever to, I don't want people ever to think that I'm forcing them into a situation. So then that gets weird on the road too. We're like, it'll be five people and I'll go, well, we can all go out or I apologize. If we don't have to, you guys don't have to go meet. And then everybody's like, what the fuck? We're, we're, we want to see you and have a party. Let's go, man. But I, I, uh, there's that little fucking thing that lives inside me that thinks I got to talk everybody out of liking me or hanging out with me or, or liking the things I like or wanting the things I want. And I don't know why it's there and I'm trying to exercise it every week, but still there sometimes. So, uh, so we went to pick up Justin. Like I said, we had bagels in the daytime. And then I went to pick up Justin, grabbed him from Burbank. We went down to where he uh, he stays. And we went to, a, there's a restaurant that he enjoys. He and I have been to it a couple of times. I think I've talked about it on here. Uh, it's a restaurant called Prospect Gourmand. And dudes, it's just this fuck. You know what it is? It's just this, I don't want to even say mom and pop. It's husband and wife. It's a husband and wife joint. Because there are plenty of restaurants in Los Angeles that are mini chains. They make tacos. There's deli food. There's all these different places. But this is a this is a husband and wife team. The husband's the chef. The wife is front of the house. And they just make fantastic food in a friendly atmosphere. Like it's one of those things where you you show up at some places and they, you know, they want to bang in and out the door. I mean, we just come in, we sat down, we were there almost three hours. We ordered food. She kept coming over and she was very gracious to me because I couldn't decide what I was going to eat. Justin, every time I go with Justin, this is totally true. I try to defer to be a nice person and I want to let Justin order first. So they'll come over. We'll ponder dinner. We'll do whatever the fuck we're going to do. Last time he was in town, 
there was a uh, there was a chicken dish, like a roast chicken. I'm like, ah, I can't pull the, tra- the the trigger on roast chicken. And also because I don't you don't order roast chicken in a in a nice restaurant. You can get roast chicken anywhere. But then he got it. It was it was it looked amazing. I mean, it was just a fucking delicious looking dish. And I was like, God damn it, I should have gotten that roast chicken. And I was jealous. I will not lie. I was jealous of Justin's entree. So this time we came around and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to let him order. Uh, and she read the specials. There was a special that was like a duck. It was duck breast with homemade tortillas and this this kind of a, a, a chutney. I, it sounded amazing. I was like, well, that sounds really good. Maybe I'll consider that. And then on the menu, we were looking at different things and there was a fucking Berkshire pork chop. And it was like, it was, it said it was like almost like a tomahawk pork chop. And I said, well, that looks really fucking good. So in my head, I'm like, all right, well, I'm probably gonna get the pork chop, but I really think the idea of that duck sounds good too. So she came over and first we ordered appetizers. We ordered these, uh, Justin always gets Brussels sprouts. So we ordered those. And then I ordered some shrimp and grits which I know you're thinking is probably not an appetizer. and I, But it was in the appetizer section, so I'm like, fuck it, let's get shrimp and grits. So we ordered that, and then we all three got uh, duck pasole soup. So we all got cups of duck pasole soup. We wound up getting the shrimp and grits, and, and, and this is before we even got our meal. So then she kept coming over. She's like, is everybody ready to order? And I'm like, all right, guys, go ahead. And Ahmad's like, you know what? I'm going to get the duck breast dish that you mentioned, the special. It sounded amazing. And in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, god damn it. But then in my head, I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Maybe I can get a taste of Ahmad's duck. But then at the same time, I'm also like, these people are guests in this land and nobody wants to share food. And I don't know what Kuwaiti custom is about putting my fork in the middle of his goddamn pasole. That's fucked. And I don't want to be a jack of it. I don't want to ask, too, because I will tell you this. I'm very much a... Uh, I'm open borders, I guess. Let's put it that way. I'm open borders when it comes to food. I'm not going to guard my plate. If you want to stick a fork into my pile of noodles or something, let's do it, man. I, I Everything I order is for the table. I totally get it if it's your entree, um, and I would never dive in without asking or unless you offered. But if it's just me and, and friends or whatever, or anybody I'm dating, I just consider everything fair game. Fries are for the table. Pancakes are for the table. You want part of my eggs? That's, I mean, all of that. I, I'm... For me, food is love, food is camaraderie, food is everybody, let's share everything and taste it so we can all make that eye contact and go, holy fuck. That's why I love the prefix at Animal. Both both fucking Ahmad and I got the same dishes, so then when you bite the same dish, you can look at each other and just go, yeah, we are right now experiencing the very same emotion at the right instant that we should, and this is fucking delicious. So at Prospect Gourmand, I can tell you that an Ahmad is also that guy. He kind of has an open border policy regarding his food. He doesn't mind so much. Um, you know who doesn't have an open border policy regarding their food? <laughs> that would be that would be our friend Justin, who's in from Arizona and enjoys buying food that he himself wants to eat. What a shock, right? Who the fuck does he think he is going to a restaurant, ordering an entree for himself and thinking he can eat the whole goddamn thing? What a jag off, man. Uh, and sure enough, Ahmad orders the duck and he says, what are you again? I go, go ahead, man, order. And he goes, I'm going to get that pork chop. And uh, and I so like I know I can probably have a bite of the duck, but I, I will tell you this. I know instantly I'm getting absolutely none of the pork chop. I mean, none because that's, that's his deal, man. It's his food and he doesn't work it that way. But yeah, and he, and look, he ordered Brussels sprouts for the table, but that's because you can scoop Brussels sprouts and put them on your plate. When a plate's in front of him, he's going to surround it with his fucking arms and stare at you like he's eating in a prison lockup. You know, you're not, he doesn't even want you to fucking look at his food. He's like, you know what, Schmidt, your stare is tainting my pork chop. Can you please glance at the wall? Because right now you're souring this succulent meat with your fucking eyeballs. Uh, so then he orders the pork chop and Ahmad gets the fucking duck with all the tortillas and shit. And I'm I'm stuck. I don't know what the fuck to get. And uh, and the woman 
was very gracious and very lovely. And she's like, well, what did you want? And I said, I wanted the pork chop. She goes, well, get the pork chop. I go, no, you can't do that. It's weird symmetry. I agree. Uh, okay. You agree. But, but everybody else like Justin and the chick looked at me and they're like, wait, well, no, if you that's what you want, go ahead and get it. Yeah, right? To me, you got to have three different things. You know why you got to have three different things? Because everybody should have a chance to taste everything. Oh, but by the way, unless you're at dinner with fucking Justin, who's going to goddamn build a fort around his fucking pork chop. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Settle down there, fucking General Custer. Nobody's going to fucking steal your goddamn meat. But instead, he's got salt shakers and sugar in the raw and fucking glasses. He ordered two other entrees just to stack them in front of his original entree, so I'd have to fight through the hose. He hoped they would distract me so I wouldn't have a bite of his Berkshire. God damn it. So he orders the pork chop and I didn't, I literally didn't know what to order. I, I, cause we're still eating, uh, you know, we all ate our duck pasole soup and we're still working on the shrimp and grits. So we taste those. And by the way, there was kale in the grits. So they were green grits. It was the green, you know, it, I will tell you this truly. It was the green, green grits of home. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, that song popped into my head, uh, but it was green grits and, and the shrimp was fresh and it was just, it was so delicious. So I started eating that and, uh, Justin wants none of it. He's like, no, nah, I don't want any of that. And the reason he didn't want it, he, he can pretend he's like, nah, man, I'm not a shrimp and grits guy, but he didn't like it because I stuck my fork in it. I knew exactly that was why he's like, if you would have used the spoon to take out of somebody, instead you stuck your fork in it. I guarantee that's why he didn't want it. Um, so Aman and I devoured the shrimp and grits, which were amazing. And then she came back and she's like, have you decided what you want? And I go, I really have not, sadly. <laughs> and I, she's like, well, get this. She goes, get the chicken you wanted last time because that was still on the menu. She goes, get the chicken. You were jealous of it last time. And I go, I can't get it. I already saw it. I go, I come here for surprises because <laughs> I'm a fucking weirdo, man. But she, again, gracious, lovely. And she's like, well, honey, what would you like? And, you know, she was very, she leaned in. And she goes, this is really good. And I said, you know, I'm deciding between the lamb bolognese and, and maybe even getting that pork chop. I go, but it goes against every fiber of my being to get the pork chop. And she's like, uh, all right, well, I, you know, this is, I don't know what you're thinking, but honey, whatever you want, I'll come back. And so she left. And, uh, and then I'm wondering if they're firing up the guy's entrees because they're waiting to see what I'm going to get. And I don't mind if she staggers the dishes, but now I realize I'm probably keeping these guys from eating their fucking duck and pork treasures. And I don't want to be the fucking that jag off. So I made a, I made a decision in my head. I'm like, uh, I, I thought about maybe getting the lamb bolognese and, uh, and it sounded good. It had, it was in with like some tortellini, some cheese tortellini and some lamb bolognese. Uh, with some ground lamb inside of it. I was excited. I'm like, all right, you know, I'll get a pasta. And I had asked her about it previously, and she said, that's actually the smallest dish on the menu. And uh, at that point, I didn't fucking care, because I got to be honest with you, I still got a fist-sized ball of bagel in my stomach from the morning, as well as shrimp and grits and duck pasole and fucking Brussels sprouts and everything else. I choked down my gullet. Um, so maybe a small entree is not bad for me. But also, go ahead, think about what I had. Like the previous night, I had that animal menu I ran down to you fucking guys, the meat on that stuff. And that morning, I had a fucking thick-ass bagel with pastrami. Oh, by, oh I, sh- I didn't even fucking get into this. We get home to eat the food? Dudes. Uh, Ahmad bought the pastrami bagel, and we were going to split it, which was fine. But honestly... I, I really wish I hadn't because I wanted to stick my cock into this bagel so damn this this fucking pastrami bagel is worth getting fucked. It absolutely was. You should have I, I didn't know whether to eat it or fuck it. I had to choose to eat it because it was a splitting situation. Um but we went I, but it was so it was this caramelized pastrami and they threw onions on it for us. Not caramelized, by the way, they had lost the recipe, but they did throw onions on it for us. And the and the thousand and the upside down inverted fucking everything bagel. Holy shit was a good and then the tuna salad was actually really good too, but we would say it needed more onion. And also compared to the pastrami sandwich, Jesus Christ, the pastrami sandwich just it literally put its foot on foot on the chest of the tuna and, and did that thing where it swings its hands side to side like the winner. It stood over it while the tuna was counted out. It was gorgeous. 
But I ate a bagel with pastrami. I ate a bagel with tuna. I had that fucking fried egg bagel that I wasn't going to eat uh, until later. I left it on my countertop because we couldn't get to it. And then uh, and then we went out that fucking night and we wound up getting fucking there's all this food. And so I, I go, maybe a small entree is my way to go. Although that's noodles. And then there's grits and Brussels sprouts are no fucking help because that's just a belly full of fucking pencil shavings. It's just fiber. Uh so then she came back over and because uh, the lamb bolognese actually came with uh, what did it, I forget what it had on the side, like a little kind of a side salad or whatever. And she says, all right, have you decided? I go, you know what? I've, I've actually I think I have. I think I want the lamb bolognese, but can I substitute instead of the salad? Can I get the Berkshire pork chop on the side? And uh, and she fucking kind of deadpanned me like I meant it like she thought I was serious. And then she goes, uh, I probably can't bring you a pork chop. But I go, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I just want the bolognese. It's fine. Uh, and she went and grabbed my entree and she brought it out and we all ate. And I will tell you, Ahmad shared his duck and all of his tortillas with me. And then I will tell you, Justin just cut off a big chunk of pork and put it on my plate. And he's like, go ahead and eat that. Uh, and I go, you don't have to do that. He goes, no. And again, I understand. He did not want me sticking my fork into his plate. He didn't, he didn't want me invading his food country, and that's fine. But he was willing to send some uh, immigrants over the border and have them settle nicely into my food country. That was totally fine. It was almost like a prisoner exchange. I'm like, hey, man, you can have a few tortellini if you want. And he's like, no. And I knew he didn't want it because you know what he is? He's like, I used to tell you that uh, if you want to live and die in L.A., there's a great scene where Willem Dafoe, he gives counterfeit money to Steve Jones. Steve Jones takes it to basically South Central LA. And then he goes back to Steve Jones. He's like, hey man, I need my paper back. And Steve Jones is like, fuck you. And they wind up having a big fight. And then in the next scene, Willem Dafoe is burning the money, the counterfeit money. And his girlfriend is like, why are you burning that? It's still good. And he goes, no good to me after they've handled it. And, uh, and I had that philosophy for years about my newspapers. I would buy like two newspapers and I'd bring them on the bus or whatever the fuck I was when I was a kid or in a cab or at work, I'd read it in the break room and someone would go, Hey man, can I see your sports section? And, uh, I, you know, it was very difficult for me to say no, because you're working with these people and you didn't want to get a reputation as being a fucking jag off. So I'd be like, yeah, sure. And then they'd read the sports section and then they'd, they'd lick their fingers and turn the pages or they'd, they'd let the section fall and fold it incorrectly to where they just kind of, or they'd bend it backwards to like look at a statistic and they'd fold it. Oh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just staring at them doing it. And they would come back with my sports section. They go, here you go. And I would literally go, just throw it out. And they go, what? And, and I'd have to kind of sheepishly go, yeah, no, I don't, I didn't care so much about the sport. I, I had to make up a story because I didn't want to just go, it's no good to me after you've handled it. Your fucking DNA is all over it. You've now creased it. You've bent it in fucking ways it wasn't supposed to be bent. And uh, and honestly, it's a mercy killing. Throw out that fucking newspaper because after you've handled it, I'm sure it doesn't want to be read by anybody else. You fucking ruined it, man. You took that newspaper's virginity because I haven't even cracked the sports section yet. All you did was you fucking assaulted my newspaper and you took its virginity and now it's never going to be the same. That was going to be a fucking special moment with me in that sports section. I was going to open it up. I was going to tenderly turn the pages. We were going to love one another. It would always fondly remember me in the distance whenever it was gone ahead and read by other guys. But now you, you've come along and befouled it with your fucking fingertips, just throw it in the goddamn trash because that's what it's worth now after what you did to it. Which seems like a commentary on the sports section itself and it's not really. I don't mean that. I just mean that it's my a commentary on what that guy did to it and how I don't want to be involved. All right, so that got a little deep there for a second. All right, so here's the thing. We are, uh, we're there, we're eating the food and then he gives me a hunk of pork and we knock that back and we hang, we hang out there to like fucking 10, 30, 11. And then that night we go over to poker. I take a mod over and he meets, uh, he meets all my poker buddies like Chip and fucking Bill Martin and stuff. Siegel wasn't there. Uh, Pat Francis was there, but he was wiped out from sickness. He had taken some medicine. He's actually sleeping on the couch. Uh, but then he woke up in time to meet a mod. That was great. But then we get there and I will, I will tell you this. We walked into the poker game and I went immediately into the kitchen 
Uh, we, I mean, because we ate that food and we we're like, I'm like, I'm never eating again, man. I'm dead. Animal crushed me. And then the fucking bagel this morning and then this. And then I sure enough, I walked into the kitchen because there's pizza and cookies and all sorts of bullshit at the poker game. And I walked in and I started looking around and Ahmad goes, you're not eating. You're not eating. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm just looking around. He goes, no, I'm not asking. I'm telling you, you're not eating. Like he was going to save me from myself. And I go, I, well, I might have a cracker. He's like, dude, fuck. You just ate. And I'm like, ah, and the pizza was all cold. So I couldn't have that anyway. And I wasn't really hungry, but it's at that mindless crackers and cookies and shit that you shove in your face, man. That's all it was. So we hung out for poker just for like an hour. We wound up splitting, heading home. And I dropped him off at his hotel. And then, uh, and then the next day I had to get up super early because we had to take Lenny to LAX. And, uh, I took Lenny to LAX and on the way back, I was like, Hey man, you want a breakfast burrito? <laughs> and I'm is like, yes. Because I told him about this place called Corner Cottage in Burbank. So we went over there and I told him there's going to be a line. And sure enough, we got there. They, they stopped selling at 11. We got there about 10, 20, 10, 25. And, uh, and we were number 16. And when we walked in, they were on number 84. So we had to sit there and wait while they made fucking uh, 32 burritos ahead of us. But then it came out. and um, But again, here's the thing. Ahmad, he, uh, I'm not used to eating like a normal person. Ahmad eats like a normal person. Now, granted, he's eating like a fucking normal person on fast forward this week. But he, he, he eats three meals a day. He's like a normal guy. I don't do that. I fucking sit around and do nothing. I might eat chips and fucking candy, which I'm trying to fucking stop doing. And then I eat one big meal. That's the way I gained all my fucking weight in the past. And that's doing the same thing to me. Now you would think that I would fucking learn. And I am, I'm in the middle of learning. But with Ahmad here, man, like I said, we get bagels in the morning. We go to fucking prospect gourmet and we eat there. The next day we get breakfast burritos in the daytime. And I'll tell you this. Uh, we get in the fucking car and Ahmad's like, Hey man, I'm going to open this burrito now. Like, do you care? And I'm like, no, go ahead. Fucking wolf it. And he wolfed that. And then I wolfed my burrito. Uh, that was Friday. I don't even remember what the fuck, what, what did we do Friday? Did we go to the movie? Oh, <laughs> that's right. We fucking, we got home. We hung around. I streamed. That's when I started streaming. I went live on the Twitch channel, which I'll tell you about later, but I went live on the Twitch channel. I played Red Dead Redemption, did some cowboy bullshit, and people watched and joined in. People like Liana and Sal uh, and his uh, his stepson, which is Jill's son, and and uh, Jason Kaufman was there. And, I, you know, I've had Tanya come by. All these cool-ass people have been coming in and, and participating. J- uh, Ruben sh- uh, showed up all, virtually every time. Um, it's great. I mean, all the people who are coming into the Twitch channel are fucking cool. And you can subscribe to that. I'll tell you all about that later. But uh, but sure enough, we started streaming. We streamed just for like an hour and a half on Friday. And then we had to go take Justin back to the airport. So I had to get in the car by 5 o'clock. We had to go down to Hollywood and pick up Justin. And then we had to double back because he was leaving from Burbank. And he had time to kill. So he's like, hey... Uh, you know, if there's a place to eat somewhere around there, I mean, we can go do that. And I'm like, all right, I know where I'm taking you. So I took them to Porto's Bakery and Cafe, which is a, uh, a Cuban place that specializes in pastries. I took it to Maki when I went and visited our friend Maki on Maki Mondays. And it's just they make guava tarts. and But then if you get a sandwich, man, they make Cuban sandwiches. They make Ropo Vieja, which is the shredded beef. They make fucking uh, like pulled pork sandwiches. I mean, they got fucking everything, dude. They got mashed potato balls. They had a Thanksgiving ball, which had turkey and stuffing wrapped up in mashed potatoes and deep fried. Holy fuck, man. They had a soup that we tasted in line. They came around with like a sample of soup and it was a really kind of a starchy soup like with, uh, I forget what they call it. It had a Spanish name, but it had fucking meat and noodles. And oh my God, was it good as hell? It was a stew basically. So I got a bowl of that and I got a sandwich and then they brought, or actually I got a cup of that, but they brought a fucking bowl. So I wolfed. And so we ate Cuban food while waiting for his flight. We're totally eating fucking, and I got cheese rolls. We split a plate of those. Holy God. And Justin didn't mind splitting those motherfuckers. I'll tell you that. But he grabbed one, uh, and we just ate like fucking Kings. And then we took him to the airport and then, uh, did we see the movie Friday night or we go another night? Uh, I think it was a 
we spent the weekend kind of building uh, the Twitch channel. You know, I mean, we had to get start, we had to start streaming. As you know, our friend Giovanni, super fan Giovanni, super fan of others, certainly not of me. He has been helping me from afar. He's skyping me. He's calling me. He's sending me emails. He's helping me set up the Twitch channel. Uh, he's built the YouTube channel. You know, he goes in and he edits the videos, all that cool ass stuff. Well, Ahmad is here helping now too. So I've got a two pronged attack. I've got Geo via email and text, and then I got Ahmad here and Ahmad. You know, he's got he and Geo both. They just they got computer brains, so they figure all this shit out immediately. So. We had to set up my my whole streaming station. First of all, I had to get a new internet. I had to I had to go ahead and order that, but I put that off until yesterday. I'll talk about that in a second. But we spent the weekend just attaching wires. There's so much spaghetti on my desk now from fucking and then we had to do OBS and then and we had to put steam on my computer. I mean, it's it's a whirlwind and it's happened super quick. Like uh, we've been doing the Twitch streams every day. Okay, I did a late night stream last night, but every day I've done at least an hour, sometimes two of of streaming. And it was important to do because I'm trying to get to be an affiliate with Twitch where I guess I make money, which I, and I know, look, I wish I could say to you that this was just purely a fun endeavor and uh, yay, let's all play games and we, we can connect and that's all true. But at the same time, Twitch is a way where I can actually make some money playing video games. And I've talked about it in the past, but but it gnaws at me that it sounds like I'm giving you another reason to let me tap into your pockets. And I know that sounds ridiculous and foolish, and I don't mean for it to be like that, but that's how I feel sometimes. I feel like, hey, we've got Patreon, we've got this, we've got that. Here's all the ways you can give me money and keep me afloat. And and I I must admit that that's part of it. It's also fun and camaraderie. I like to get together with you guys and playing games, and it's totally cool. But uh, but it's also a way to make money. So, so to stream early... Uh, I, I'm trying to get to be a Twitch partner. That's what I was told I needed to be. But on the way to partner, you've got to make affiliate first. So in order to be an affiliate, there's all these benchmarks that you have to do. And, and Gio was like, well, it might take a couple of months to get to affiliate. He's like, you know, you, you've got to average a certain amount of viewers. You've got to broadcast on certain days. You've got to do this. And I was like, I don't care, man. I'm in it. Let's figure it out. So Ahmad showed up. Friday we streamed. Saturday we streamed. Sunday we streamed. I mean, we streamed every single day. And Gio's texting me. And he's like, dude, like you have no idea. You're, you're uh." He goes, I thought it would take a couple of months for you to be an affiliate. You're going to be affiliate by Wednesday. I said, how? And he shows me the stats. Like you got to broadcast a certain amount, certain amount of people have to watch your channel, certain amount of people have to be following you. People have to be engaged. And, uh, and so I was excited. So that seeing that just makes me want to do it more and more. Cause also I was having fun doing it. I'm learning the game. I'm learning the controller. I'm going to get get at it, good at it eventually, but playing the PS4 with you guys and stuff, it was totally fun. Um, and whether there's an opportunity for you to send money or, or subscribe or whatever the fuck you want to do, that's great. But also it's just fun to have people in the fucking chat room watching me go ahead and shoot guys in the face. And, and, and there've been plenty of guys I've shot in the face, man. Uh, the most exhilarated I was, dude, I went to a fucking post office. Oh my God. First of all, there was a bounty on me in a city. Because of some uh, some shenanigans, there was a big misunderstanding, folks. There was a girl on the street. She was trying to pick me up. She's like, hey, mister, you want a good time? And so I went to talk to her. I'm like, hey, baby. And then a guy walked up and he thought he was talking to him. He's like, hey, man, I ain't your baby or whatever. And he wanted to fight me and he punched me. So then I beat him down. And then everybody's like, oh, man, witnesses. And they went and got the sheriff because they started a fight in town. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't start a fight. This guy started a fight with me. And so I had to run, man. I had to hop on my horse and go away. Or else you gunfight the whole fucking town or get arrested. So I bailed. Uh, and then I wound up having to go, you had to get some money and you got to go to a post office and pay your own bounty. So you're not wanted by the law anymore. And so I got this money. I went into the fucking, uh, the, the, <laughs> the post office in this remote outpost and I paid the guy and I walked outside and there was a dude and I had a bear head on. I should tell you this. I killed a couple of bears. I fucking stabbed him. I shot him. It was fucking awesome. These bears came charging out of the woods and I still killed him. I killed fucking, I killed three in one day. 
And bears are big and mean, dudes. They got fangs and shit. So this bear came out and he charged me. I killed him. And then I skinned him and I made his face into my hat because I am the Hannibal Lecter of the Wild West. So I wore his fucking face. Or I, who could I be? No, that's more of a, more of a Jamie Gum of the Wild West because Jamie Gum went ahead and he made a fucking, uh, like a woman suit. I made a bear suit. So I wore this bear hat. I went to a trapper and he made it into a hat for me. So I wear it all over the place. Uh, but then at the post office, before all the hat shit happened, I, I show up and I pay my bounty. I walk outside and there's a dude and I walk up to him I'm like, Hey, how you doing? He's like, Hey, mister, I don't need any new friends. And I was like, all right, well, that sucks. I go, well, but pardon me. I like, so I antagonized him and he goes, you heard me, man. You guys got to leave me alone. So then I went up to his wagon and, uh, I cut his horses free. I was like, fuck you, dude. You know what? You want to, you want to be a shithead? I'm going to cut your horses. So they fucking run off into the distance. So I went behind the horse to smack it on the ass. So it would run away. And, uh, the horse kicked me in the face, which was kind of a drag. I wasn't expecting that. Certainly just like when I was riding over the mountain, I wasn't expecting to fall off into a gorge. I've died several creative ways, folks. So I smacked this horse. Finally, after he kicks me and I get up and the dude looks at me, he's kind of like, Hey man, what are you doing with my horses? And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. And I just pulled out my gun and I shot the guy like four fucking times, dropped him in his tracks. And I was ready for the consequences, man. I didn't give a fuck. And I figured, you know what? There's only one other guy around here. It's the guy who works in the post office who I just paid the bounty to. And he's going to know my name, of course. So I walked in. I walked around. He's leaning behind the counter. He's like, I don't want any trouble, mister. I said, I bet you don't. Bam, 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 bam. And I fucking shot him in the face five fucking times. I mean, it was just a hole. There wasn't even a face left. It was a beard with a hole. I, I apologize. Let me check that. It was a hole with a beard. So I fucking blasted him and laid him the fuck out. And then I was waiting for witnesses and shit. Dude, nobody showed up. So I walk outside. I strode outside. I didn't even fucking run. I didn't crouch. I walked outside of my horse. I got out. I was like, yeah, yeah. And we just galloped off. I don't know if I've ever felt more exhilarated playing a video game than I did when I murdered those two guys and got away with it. It was fucking awesome. But then later on, my horse was hit by a train, which was not fun for anybody at all. But it happened. And then I revived my horse. And as I was feeding him and saying, hey, boy, it's okay, It's okay," The train hit me. Another train came by because I was standing on the train tracks, helping the horse. And then wham, I got fucking blasted. I didn't see that coming. Um, So there's but all this shit is happening with an audience. So people are watching and they're cheering me on. and They're laughing as a fucking train hits me or hits my horse. Dude, it's so fun. Twitch channel is a blast. Uh, But we did that over the weekend. That's what we did. We streamed every fucking day. And then we wound up going to. uh, then we were, we needed more food. Where did we go Saturday? We wound up going to fucking Gelson's for sandwiches. We ordered big fucking sub sandwiches. Uh, he can't eat pork. So, oh, we went to Henry's Tacos. Dude, we went to fucking Henry's Tacos and got tacos. And, and Ahmad goes, hey, I want to try everything. So we got a chicken taco, two soft tacos, a crispy taco, and a burrito. I'm like, you're never going to eat that shit. But it didn't matter. It just stayed in my fridge and we ate it over the course of four days because I got, I know what I can eat there. I can get three things and I can eat it over the course of two days. But we ate Henry's Tacos. We ate... Midori sushi. He asked for sushi, so we got sushi for lunch and brought it home. After eating a Prospect Gourmand, we had the fucking Gelson sandwiches, and he got salads with his sandwiches. Uh, dude, we got fucking barbecue nachos from my barbecue joint, and it comes with pulled pork and sausage on it, and he can't eat that. So instead, I went ahead and had him put the brisket on, and I put all the pork on the side, and I brought that home to eat by myself in a bowl of rice. What monsters we are! Pork and fucking protein and carbs and holy shit. And we can't move. And I don't want to speak for Ahmad, but uh, but I shit out a statue of David the last few days. 
Oh my Christ. And I look, I just talked about earlier in the show. I don't care for that kind of language, but I can't lie to you guys. I mean, I, I shit out the last supper. You turn around, it's all those dudes and they're just staring up at me. I'm like, Oh man, I hope this goes down. I'm going to have to get a fucking butter knife and break this shit up. Cause it was bad. And I fuck about it. Thankfully, no, we've had no accidents. Everything's been fine. Like I said, I don't know how Ahmad handles his business. Cause another thing about Ahmad, I'm going to speculate about this right now. It's going to make him very uncomfortable, but that's fine. He eats all of this stuff carbs and, and meat. All right. And we know that this, that doesn't do good things to your insides, but also Ahmad's been here since Wednesday. It's been almost a week, just about a week. Ahmad has had one bottle of water the entire time he's been in town. <laughs> he, he doesn't, he doesn't need moisture. I don't know what he is. He's like our, our friend, Ellen, who's a friend of the show. She sent me a gift. It was an air plant. And it was a rock and he's got a little, it's a little plant who lives inside the rock. And she's like, he's an airplane. All you gotta do is one, one day a week, soak him in water for an hour and he's fine. And, uh, Ahmad is my Kuwaiti air plant. He comes to town. He, he has one bottle of water and it's just, and it's like, it's Hanukkah with him. Again, it lasts eight days. He just fucking picks the bottle. Of water. And I'm talking a half a liter. I'm not talking like a giant bottle of fucking water. Like I normally drink. He took a fucking half a liter bottle of water and he'll put it in his pocket, which is the weirdest fucking thing in the world. He'll leave. He's like, oh, I'll take this. He puts it in his tracksuit pocket. Then I pick him up in the morning. It's still in his tracksuit pocket. Like, I, I don't know, dude, I can't, I drink easily five liters of water a day. I mean, I guzzle it, I chug it, I knock it the fuck down, and I need it. I have to. He doesn't need it. He's just like, nah, man, I'm fine. I don't do this. He, and he did it. I've talked about it before because he did it in Kuwait. And because in Kuwait, Kuwait's on the sun. The guy doesn't drink a fucking drop. We'll go to a restaurant. And he might have a Coke. You know, he, and, and also I will tell you this. I'm like, we got to go to the store, man. We need to get some soda and some chips. He's like, no, we don't need it. I go, well, we don't need it, but don't you want it? He goes, no, because if you have soda and chips, I'm going to drink all your soda and eat all your chips. And I'm like, well, then we got to do that. Because I'm, again, that's how I take care of people. I'll get the things you want and I'll put them in the house. He's like, well, no, I, I might want them, but I don't need them. I don't want to drink soda. I don't want to eat chips. But that's all, you know, that's what I got to fucking offer the guy. I'm like, oh, we'll do this. We'll have snacks in the house. It'll be fantastic. And also, it gives me an excuse to eat snacks in my house. I'm not going to lie. If I'm doing a live stream, then we go watch fucking the Los Hilos ice creams fucking wrestle in Chikara. I want to go ahead and have a pile of goddamn chips with that or some brownie bites or whatever the fuck. So we bought, we bought four bags of chips yesterday. They're all gone. They are gone. We bought four bags of chips and I will, but I will, all right, but this is actually, there's a worse part of this story. We bought four bags of chips. Like I said, we went to Gelson's and we got those sandwiches, right? And then we saw kettle chips and he just starts grabbing. Like he grabbed the, the, the chili verde and he grabbed the spicy queso and I grabbed the honey Dijon and I grabbed the sour cream and onion. So I got two bags of chips. He's got, and these are five ounce bags of chips. These aren't small chips. These are, these are decent sized bags of chips. Normally like a big one is seven ounces. So it's about that size. So I grab my chips. He grabs his chips. We get our sandwiches. We check the fuck out and we get home and he starts eating and he's like, uh, he's eating the chili verde or the spicy queso first. And he's eating them and he goes, uh, oh man, I don't like these. I go, really? He goes, yeah, these are just not, I go, they're bitter, right? Or no, it was the, the, the chili verde. I go, it's bitter, right? And he goes, yeah, it is kind of. And I go, yeah, I don't, I don't care for those. He goes, what? I go, yeah. I said, you actually picked the two flavors. I would, I don't want to eat ever again. Like they, the last three flavors they've made at kettle chips are spicy queso, bourbon barbecue and chili verde. And they're, they're a whiff, all three of them. And he's like, well, why the fuck didn't you tell me that? I picked two of your three worst flavors. I go, I'm not, you're a guest in this country. I don't know what you like. And he goes, I want you to tell me what you got in this country. I go, well, that's why I bought sour cream and onion and honey Dijon. Go ahead and jump on those. And he did. Don't kid yourself. He did. And as much as he hated the chili verde and the spicy queso, holy fuck, there's not a crumb left in the house. He fucking took him off the countertop. He's digging in. He strapped it to his face like a feedback and we're live streaming. He didn't fucking care. He's eating chips and crumbs. He's actually licking his fingers and fucking wiping the dust off the bag. He was making it work. 
Uh, and he just, and, and so that's the thing is I, I, yeah, man, you want to give me an excuse to have fucking snack food around? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it for him, for me, for all of us, for America, <laughs> for Kuwait. Um, but then Oh no. Oh fuck dude. <laughs> Sunday night. I totally forgot. We got up, we watched the bears and then we fucking live streamed. And then Sunday night we went and saw, I, I got to tell you folks, we went to a movie. You know, I, I still haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody. It's on the list. We'll probably see it at the end of the, this week is ending. So I, I don't, I can't imagine it's going to be there past the, this week, but we wanted to see a movie called into the spider verse. Now I, I don't, I love Spider-Man. Okay, he he was my favorite hero growing up. As much as I love the Joker, you know what you know. Uh, Joker and Mysterio, my favorite villains. Spider-Man, my favorite hero. I love Batman too, but Spider-Man was the guy always. And uh, and so the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I, I saw the trailer and I'm like, oh, you know what, It's but it's Miles Spider-Man. And then it looked like Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham is in it, which I never liked when I was a kid because I'm like, no, man, I just want to see Spider-Man fight criminals. You don't have to get cute with it. You don't have to do all this bullshit. And... Uh, and then reviews started to come out where people I, I follow were saying, not only is this movie fantastic, not only is it a great Spider-Man movie, but it's, it may be the best superhero movie ever made. That's a fucking stretch. I mean, with Avengers and everything else out there, even even Spider-Man Homecoming, I mean, and Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock, uh, Dark Knight, you know, I mean, it's it's just, it's a reach. But at the same time, it was good to hear everybody. Again, also, it's a cartoon, which is kind of a deal breaker for me, too. I didn't want to see it. But I'm, you know, if Avon's in town, I'm going to go. Certainly, I'm like, well, let's go. We'll go see into the Spider-Verse. So we went Sunday night. And uh, I got to tell you, dudes, it it lives up to everything I heard. It lives up to everybody saying it was great. It was fantastic. Now, do I think it's the best superhero movie of all time? I don't because Dark Knight is, is so special to me. But it is absolutely top five. I mean, it, it might it's it's top two Spider-Man movies. You know, with with well, top three with Homecoming and Spider Man two, but it's just it's just. But it also, you might you might disagree. You might think it's the best ever. It's just because with animation they can do many so many different things. You can have so many villains. You can have people do things that they can't do with CGI. It's just and the artwork was phenomenal. They had two, three different animation styles. It looked like three D. It was popping off the screen. You actually get into the Miles storyline. Uh, Peter Parker is involved. There's, I mean, you saw there's spider Gwen. I mean, I, I don't want to give anything away because it's one of those movies where you should watch and you should, and, and enjoy surprises. Like I will tell you this, there was a voice in this movie. I did not see coming. And the second it happened, I looked at a mod and I'm like, that's blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, I maybe. And then the whole movie, it's that person. I'm like, God damn it. That's genius. Genius. Cause I didn't know he was involved. Uh, and then there's another voice later where you're like, holy fuck, that's that guy, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And you got to stay for the end credits scene. You got to, I mean, it's just because, and it's worth staying through the credits because the music's so good. And it's just, it's the artwork, the plot, the story, you know, I, I, I teared up and cried when Aunt May showed up. It's like all these different things. And, and it's really, it's just phenomenal. It's so well done. You have to go see it. It was great. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to now going to see Aquaman and have being completely disappointed by that, that fucking bullshit. Oh, good. It's a talking fish with hair. Great. Aquaman. Wee. I mean, I just, I just don't, I'm only going to, I'm going to see it because of mods in town, although he's saying he doesn't give a fuck about Aquaman either, really. So we're going to see Bohemian Rhapsody for sure. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure we'll venture into Aquaman maybe possibly unless we're streaming cowboy shit. Um, but after into the spider verse, we, uh, <laughs> we went, we get out and I'm like, are you hungry? And he's like, uh, I guess I could eat. And I'm like, what do you want? And he's like, well, I gotta be honest with you. I really want Korean barbecue. And we got into the movie at like 10, 10, but there are places in, in Koreatown 
that are 24 hours. So I'm like, oh, well, that's not a problem. So I Googled it. I was like, all right, here's the top 15 places. He goes, well, let's just go to the number one. And I'm like, all right, cool. This park barbecue. So we Google it. They close at 11 and uh, we make tracks over there. We sit down at 1030. We walk in. We're like, yeah, we're here for food. And uh, we cracked the menu. And dudes, again, it's one of those joints where it's like $159 for one thing of meat or $50 for another. And I looked at it and I look at him and I go, dude, is this what you want to do? And he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm in. We're all in. We're sitting down. We're eating. So they had these dishes where it was like it was 109 bucks and it would combine five or six different meats, 149 bucks with same same five meats, but then two more like that kind of deal. But it also said everybody at the table must order one barbecue item. And I'm like, well, there's no way I'm going to be able to eat six fucking different kinds of meat. You know what I mean? That just seems like a lot of dough. And also a lot of fucking stomach room for a guy who's been, who probably needs a stomach pump after four fucking days. So I look at him out. I go, dude, I, what are you thinking? He goes, well, I'm thinking about this one. And I go, all right. I go, I go, I guess I'm thinking about that too. And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, why? It says everybody has to order one barbecue thing. And that's, you know, that's the cheapest one. So I'm going to go ahead and stay to that. He goes, no, 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 dude, we can split that. I go, no, it says right on the menu. Everybody needs to order an individual thing. And he goes, no, that would be if you're ordering individual dishes. But if you're getting a group of dishes, then we can split that. And then the person came over and said, and, and Ahmad was right, thankfully. And then they just started bringing food and they brought fucking Colby and short rib and fucking, and I mean, it was just insane. And then of course, if you eat Korean barbecue, it's not just about the meat. They bring you the meat and then you forget, they bring you fucking 17 side dishes. So there was like a cold beef, potato and green pepper stew. There was uh, dressed greens. There was this Oh, squid and peanut salad and a spicy sauce, which fucking Ahmad hated and I wolfed the fuck out of. And then they brought the meat over and they're coming over and they're just cooking meat and putting it in front of you. And it's just, I mean, you're just eating it like Pac-Man. It's just in front of you like fucking meat dots. And you're walking around just chewing the fuck out of all of it. It's so delicious. And then it came with like a side salt and some sauce and soy and a lot of other things that began with S. And man, was it fucking great. So damn good. Um... But again, it was just another fucking way station in my colon. Just another fucking reason for my, my, my lower half to go, dude, what the fuck is going on upstairs, man? My basement is just like, Jesus Christ, fellas, we're, we're filled to bursting down here. They, I got news for you. The luggage car is full. People now need to do carry on from now on. Um, but man, we choked. We had that. And then after the Korean barbecue, which was Sunday night, like Monday, we were just like, what do we all right, we got to slow the fuck down. Because also I had a, a fridge full of leftovers, man, because there was like stuff that we didn't eat. And he can't eat pork. So my Cuban pork sandwich is still in there. My ham sandwich from fucking Gelson's. All, so I gave him all the Henry's tacos that we had left. It was like a negotiation. I'm like, all right, I'll eat the pork stuff. You can take the bullet on this stuff. And uh, it, it's it's just been a fucking incredible journey full of Spider-Man and pork and carbs. And, and uh, it's just the best. We've had the fucking greatest time. And But we are monsters. There's clearly, there is no doubt. You cannot argue with the fact that we are we are live streaming, gullet shoving, burrito, brisket, fucking bagel, all the foods that start with B eating monsters. And uh, and it's been, you know what? There's another B because it's been the best fucking time. I am so happy Ahmad came. I'm having a great time with my friend. I actually looked at him. He was at the table once. We're for, sorting shit out on the desk. And and, I, and I, I just looked at him and I go, I'm glad you're here. And he said, I'm glad to be here. I said, it's fun having a friend. And he said, I'm, I'm enjoy being your friend. And, and. You know, I couldn't think of a better time than Christmas time. And, and, you know, he keeps saying, because he has an open-ended trip. He's like, well, I got to figure out what I'm going to leave. And I'm like, you're not leaving, man. You're fucking staying. Like, well, we got so many other foods that begin with B to eat, especially during the <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> that we got to choke that down. Uh, but it makes me happy that my friend is visiting me. And, and I'm glad he could share this entire experience. And I'm glad I'm able to tell you guys about it. 
because uh, I'm always I always love coming to see you guys. I love when people like Justin come to town. Uh, but to have him out here for a couple of weeks and not only for him to be here as a friend, not only for him to be here and enjoy the live streams and we laugh and we watch wrestling and we eat chips and we goof around and, and, uh, and, and, and we get to be friends. And, and I, I, it, it, he's helped me too. Not only has he just been my friend and hanging out, but he's helped me with the stream. He's helped me hook stuff up. He helped me learn this. He told me about another game that I should play this game called the legend of the Obra Dinn or whatever. And so we looked at that and, and he's able to sit down at the computer and go, you and also he's, he stops me because I get all fucking frustrated. We had the fucking guy come and put in the internet yesterday. And he's like, all right, I got to nail a bunch of stuff. And then the modem didn't work. And I'm like, fuck. So I guess I'm just fucked. And I'm not, it's like, Mike, it's fine. Slow down, dude. Slow down. So it's, it's nice to have a guy here to, to fucking go, hey, dude, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> he's, you know, it's, Ahmad is the Schmidt whisperer. <laughs> if I get out of line, he just fucking goes, tss, tss snaps his fingers and he holds out a handful of treats and I eat him. Then he solves the problem. And, and I'm lucky to have him and I'm happy and I, and I hope he never goes home. You guys can be, uh, you guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can also find me at Instagram and Snapchat. If I mentioned that, I think I have in the past, but maybe not now. Uh, you can get me at, uh, both of those places. My address is Mike four zero Y O B that's Mike four zero Y O B at Instagram and at Snapchat. Now I'm going to insert this here cause I think it belongs. Uh, you can go to the YouTube channel and find me there. There's the 40 year old boy YouTube channel. You can watch all, you know, listen to the podcast, find old comedy stuff, but also, uh, geo has been gracious enough to start putting up streams. Uh, he's editing them for best of content and he's putting them up. So even if you don't get to attend a live stream in Twitch, you can watch it on YouTube and then go, you know what? That looks like fucking fun. I want to join Mike live. And that's what we want you to do. You want you to come in and see what I do and, and have fun with us. So if you do the YouTube thing, go ahead and check out the live streams and then join us at a live stream on Twitch. Right now, I've been streaming pretty much every day at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to think of a schedule going forward because we're all, it's all a work in progress. We're testing. I'm learning the controllers, but I'm getting better at it. Every single time I sit down, I have more fun. People jump in. I get to engage with people uh, in the chat room. It's, it's fucking fantastic, man. And I get to play the game and you get to watch. So do me a favor. Be, uh, go ahead and follow me on Twitch. Go to twitch.com slash the 40 year old boy. That's, and that's all of it. T H E four zero and then year old boy. Uh, my name on there is, you know, Mike four zero Y O B, but you want to go to the 40 year old boy channel, uh, twitch.com slash the 40 year old boy and follow the channel. You can also subscribe via Amazon. You can subscribe for, uh, you know, there's all sorts of different money amounts, but if you go do a, a prime subscription, I'm sure Twitch will walk you through it. I don't know just yet because I just made affiliate because again, like I said, uh, uh, uh geo thought it would take months, a couple of months. It, it took fucking six days uh, not even five days. And now I'm an affiliate. So you can come, you can, you can subscribe any follower. It just, I, I wind up getting, uh, getting money and I, I can't describe to you. As I've said to you many, many times, there's no greater privilege in the world than getting paid to be yourself and being able to play video games and engage with you guys and laugh and have fun. If I can ever get to the point where that takes the place of driving, do you know how unbelievably happy I am? Do you know how many somersaults I'll do? It'll be fucking fantastic. And all of you are making this happen. Geo is making this happen. Ahmad is making this happen. And I'm grateful to all of you for going ahead and following with me and, uh, and turning this into what I think it can be something very successful and fun. That's more than anything. It's going to be fun for all of us. So go to twitch.com slash the 40 year old boy, become a follower of me, please. If you feel like donating or subscribing or prime, whatever the fuck you can do that. And all of our links are there too. You can follow us on Twitter. You can go to Facebook. You can go to Patreon, all that stuff. Uh, but please do that. That'd be great. I'd appreciate it. The Twitch channel exists and we want you to be a follower and we want you to come along for the live streams. It's totally great.
Ryan Dirks does all of the web stuff for this show. As I've mentioned, all of the uh, web website stuff for this show. And uh, he's cool. You can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. He's pretty great. And also, I mentioned Superfan Geo. Not super fan of me, but super fan of others, certainly. Uh, you can find him at his own podcasts. He's got the GIO Get It On podcast. You can go ahead and check that out. Follow that. It's in the iTunes store, please. And also, you can find him at his own uh, YouTube channel called The Love Between the Two Hosts. Go ahead and subscribe to that. And also, he's doing all of the Loveline stuff. Dude, in addition to all of his work and all of his regular work and all of the Loveline work and all the work for us i mean he's taking care of his dog he's just he's just a he's getting it done and making it happen and i'm proud that he's my friend i'm glad that he decided to help me so please go to his channel the love between the two hosts on youtube and also check out all the love line stuff he does for adam carolla and dr drew pinsky they have taken geo into their confidence squeezed him to their bosom and said help us and he does so all the cool ass love line stuff you loved in the past he's unearthing and scrubbing up and making it a palatable for you to consume in the future and that's a good thing so help him out reward his efforts and go find his podcast and his youtube channel uh and also david hernandez as you know does all the music for this show he does artwork and all sorts of cool stuff he's been unleashed on some concepts we've discussed twitch and he's getting involved and it's going to be fantastic i'm excited for it um but if you want to see the work that he does now you can go to artbydmh.com and check out his website, see all the cool stuff he's done in the past. He's done guy cons, he's done Valscapes, and uh, he's done a lot of personal work and professional work for people who listen to this show and hire him to do so. You can contact him, first of all, be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. And while you're there, reach out to him and say, hey man, what artwork can you do for me? If you have ideas that you have uh, you want implemented, bounce them off of him and he can make them work. The guy works in watercolors, he works in oils. Uh, he works in all certain, he works in, uh, you know what he will not do? He will not sculpt you a, a statue of David out of my shit. That will not happen. That's only my, that's me, baby. That's all me. You want that to happen? Go ahead and contact me at shitbymgs.com. But if you want to go to artbydmh.com and let him do fucking amazing stuff, um, Christmas is upon us. I don't know if he's going to be able to turn things around in time for Christmas because it is what, almost a, uh, a week away? Two, yeah, not even. Jesus Christ, less than a week away. But uh, but maybe if you ha- if you have something small, he can do it. But contact him at facebook.com/slash/davidmexhernandez and get him on board with whatever you want. Or if you want something for the new year, he can go ahead and do a centerpiece for your table. Whatever you think that you can need done, contact him and he'll tell you whether or not he can do it. And I can tell you this: he is the man who can do it. If you need something done, and he has time and he's got the wherewithal. And he's got the elbow grease. He'll definitely get it done. And if you want to see the quality of his work, go to artbydmh.com. That is A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. Oh, hey, is that a 70s Christmas, man? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. Due to the overwhelming success of a very 80s Christmas, Sluggy Records is proud to present Have a Nice Christmas, a 70s Yuletide Spectacular featuring this classic hit from KC and the Sunshine Band. Oh, shake, shake, shake. Don't shake, shake, shake. Don't shake your Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Santa sure loves to just go down. Oh, who doesn't, dude? But can he rock? Oh, Ram Jam thinks this Santa can, bro. I heard that, dude. Black Santa's on the job, Rama Lamb because he's no slob. Rama Lamb are all the inner city kids. Rama Lamb are gonna flip their lids. Rama Lamb, whoa, Black Santa. Rama Lamb, whoa, Black Santa. Christmas for my holiday party? No, my brother. You have to get it your own self. Here's how. To get Slunky Records, have a nice Christmas. Call toll-free at 1-800-PET-ROCK. $9.99 for two CDs or $300 for 21 reel-to-reel tapes. That's 1-800-PET-ROCK. Order now. Remember, tonight is the Christmas stream on YouTube. Tonight, Thursday night. That's the night you're hearing this because I know you listen to me immediately. The second I show up in your fucking queue uh, or in your R or your STLMNOP, whenever I'm there, you listen. So if you're around on Thursday, December 20th, I'll go ahead and pitch it anyway. At YouTube, there's a live stream, a Christmas live stream. It'll be a Christmas miracle. We'll have Ahmad here who loves Santa. I'll be here who loves, uh, also enjoys reindeer. And, huh? Ahmad hates Christmas. Let's talk about that for just a second because he is a gentleman who, uh, Santa? Yes. What are you talking about? He doesn't bring gifts to the Middle East. Why? Well, you, you people are shooting missiles at fucking everybody. I mean, I, he's going to run the reindeer over there. He's going to fly the sleigh, and someone's going to fucking whack him. I don't blame the guy. He could have used his magic to stop the missiles. But you know what? <laughs> Honestly, no. I think Middle East missiles trump Santa magic. I'm not going to From what I've heard, if anything I can believe in this country is true for the past 18 months, it's that Middle East missiles trump everything. So we got to keep you people out of this country. we got to set up a border or do something. Um, although I guess it's more Mexicans. Mexican missiles will trump Santa as well. I, you know, I, an anti-Semite. I just, I can't. Look, man, he's got a white beard. He's a nice guy. He's mean to reindeer. There's no doubt when he was mean to, he was mean to Rudolph's dad or Prancer or whatever the fuck that was. I don't know. And then he's like, ah, nice nose. Keep your fucking kid at home. He was shitty. There's no doubt. Um, 
Um, well, no, he no. You guys don't give a shit about him. He tried. He came to your country several times. He's like, here's some gifts, and everybody's like, who's the fuck is this guy? Hey, dude, I, you told me, Mike, you can't get into Saudi Arabia. You think Santa can? I mean, hey, he's got magic, but I mean, if I couldn't even get in the fucking country, I'm a normal dude. They're not gonna let some magical fucking white Christian guy in. They're like, no, we can't have him. Uh, and also, he probably lets Mrs. Claus drive. You guys don't like that over there, do you? Well, all right, you do. Yeah, you're Kuwait. You're a totally different thing. You're just like America Junior in the middle of the Middle East. Uh, you're in the middle Middle East. <laughs> um, but the live stream is tomorrow. And Ahmad, who every time I drive by Christmas decorations, goes, I think your country is hilarious. And I'm like, why? And he goes, I just, I hate Christmas. He goes, you know what? If you didn't grow up with it, it doesn't mean anything to you. And I'm like, he goes, this is just a mess on somebody's lawn. I'm like, yeah, what do you do? They're gorgeous. These are beautiful. You did. You totally hated it. You said those people should be dragged out of their houses and killed on their very own lawn in front of their inflatable Grinch. I said, that seems rude and aggressive. Yeah, yes, definitely. Um, so the point is, there is, oh, stop at the point isn't the right thing and all that other fuck. It's with your, your placeholders and shit. I hate it. I hate that I do it. The point is, there's a live stream tomorrow, <laughs> and you guys can attend it. Or tonight, I should say. Tonight, because uh, you're listening to this on Thursday, December 20th. On the YouTube channel, we'll be streaming. It'll be me. It'll be a mod. I'll be opening whatever gifts you've sent. I now have three in my possession, mainly because I have not gone to the post office. Tomorrow is the day where I would go to the post office and collect whatever the cool things you sent me. And other people are very nice. And I know someone has sent, Hugh has sent something from England. South Philly Paul has sent from guess where? South Philly. That's right. And uh, it should be out here soon enough. But he is... Uh, He's going to be listening. We're all going to be watching. I'll be in the live stream on YouTube tomorrow on the 40-Year-Old Boy YouTube channel. It'll start at 6 o'clock p.m. at 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, which is, of course, 7 o'clock in Denver, 8 o'clock in Chicago, 9 o'clock in New York, 4 o'clock in Hawaii, and then all over the globe, it's a different time. Please, whatever the fuck time it is, wherever the fuck you are, go ahead and look it up. 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time on the YouTube channel, the live Christmas stream, December 20th, the the Christmas with the 40-year-old boy live stream. I'm very excited for it. I hope you will attend. It's going to be fantastic. If you've sent me things, I'll open them on the air. Perhaps there will be hot chocolate. Perhaps there will be cookies of some sort. I, God knows we haven't had enough food. Uh, I, you know what? I made some Biscoff cookies, which were a gift from my friend Ellen, who she sent them to me, and they're here. So I made those on the air tomorrow. And uh, and you know what? Maybe we'll get Korean barbecue. As you know, that is a, a lovely Christmas staple around here. So maybe we'll choke that down. But I'm excited. The live stream is tomorrow at the YouTube channel. Go ahead and attend. Or, oh, no, tonight, Thursday night, to December 20th, 6 o'clock. Uh, if you can attend that live stream, it'd be fantastic. I would love it very much. Thank you. Uh, uh, who wants to do cameo? I think you do. There's a cameo app. You can download to your phone. You can put it on there and go ahead and find out all the things that I need to do for you. If you want me to talk to your sister or your cousin or your uncle or yourself, go ahead and hire me on cameo and I'll shout something at you in a positive fashion or I'll yell something at you in a negative fashion. I can do whatever you ask me to do, whatever you're paying for. Again, it's your money. It's your dime, your dance floor. So go ahead and hire me up there on the old uh, Cameo and get me to talk to you or your family or friends or anybody you want or just talk into space. Buy me a Cameo for me so I can tell myself that I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and doggone if people like me. Well, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'm not above aping a Stuart Smalley for 20 bucks. Go ahead and hire me to do it. I'm happy to do it. Get the Cameo app on your phone right now. Uh, you know, we have sponsors of this show, as I've mentioned many times, the paranoid strain podcast sponsors, this show, they're fantastic, fearful Jesuit up in the Bay area at the compound. He's lurking. He's constantly peeking behind the scenes and finding out all the cool ass stuff that people are doing and he's exposing them right now. He's, he's shining a spotlight. If you go and download this uh, month's show, he's exposing the, the flat earth conspiracy assholes. And I, you know me, I don't like scatological. I don't care for other shit on a bagel truck and I don't care the word asshole. I don't, I've never liked it, but occasionally it will find its way out and, and never more appropriately than when I'm talking about the people who believe in a flat earth that a uh, fearful Jesuit has shined a spotlight on. Uh, 
The Paranoid Strain podcast is available in the iTunes store. Go ahead and download it right now. Listen to it. Write Fearful Jesuit. You can put in a review there in the iTunes store mentioning us saying we sent you. And it will be great because he'll know that we sent you. Or you can send him a note at uh, it's paranoidstrain at gmail.com. Tell him how much you love the show. And he'll go ahead and say thank you. And he'll, again, he'll know that I sent you. Make sure you mention that in the note. Don't just write him without mentioning my name. It's very important I mentioned to Fearful Jesuit. Uh, but, dudes, he does... Uh, Again, it's just it's just rampaging crazy in this show. You find out all about fucking NASA. There's it's from a Hebrew word Nasha. There's a serpent's tongue. I mean, it's just. And again, like I said, this this particular show contains the phrase I've enjoyed more than I've ever heard in any other fearful Jesuit paranoid strain podcast. In my video on menstrual blood, the second that was said, you're just you laugh because again, no matter I don't care what you have to say after that. <laughs> Nothing else you say could validate the use of the phrase in my video on menstrual blood. And one of these fucking wackadoodles says it goes ahead and says that one of these fucking banana heads coughs up in my video on menstrual blood and just and it's crazy. And I'll tell you, it is relentless crazy. You hear it and you hear that he plays the clips from the YouTube people and it'll wear you the fuck down. But he has enough of himself in there and he has the lovely Dana jumping in to do resets. And it, it does. It's a smart thing because it keeps you from completely drowning and immersing yourself in crazy. But it's available now in the iTunes store. The Paranoid Strain podcast hosted by Fearful Jesuit sidekick Dana doing all the really heavy lifting with uh, verbal stuff and things that he gives her to say. Check it out now. Tell him you love it. Write him a note. Put it in the iTunes review. And uh, and again, we're happy to have him on board. Folks, you want to drive for Uber or Lyft? Of course you do. If you want to drive for Lyft, you can use this code, and it's all caps. Mike, M-I-K-E-720057. That's M-I-K-E-720057, and you can go ahead and be a driver for Lyft. If you want to be an Uber driver, use my code. It is uh, DJZW1YTTUE. I almost didn't remember it there. DJZ, all lowercase. DJZW1YTTUE. Please, please, please. Use that code if you want to drive or if you're just a, a first time rider. Either way, I get a taste of the gig and I appreciate it very much. Uh, Uber and Lyft drivers, we need many more of them. I, God knows there's not enough. So if you want to be one, use my code as I've mentioned them to you. Write them down. Use them all the time. Go ahead and I get credit. It's fucking perfect. I get to be your Uber pimp and get you out on the road. And eventually, like I said, I'll just sit in my house streaming fucking cowboy games and smoking cigars while you go ahead and drive and make me money. That's right. Get in your car, ho. <laughs> seems seems rude and aggressive, but okay, I'm, I'm going to stand by it. You can be a Patreon patron at patreon.com. You go ahead and over there and visit. And uh, we want to thank our new, uh, our newest Patreon person, uh, David Watson. That's right. Of the song, David Watson. He's, uh, he's been on and off. He comes in, he joins us. He got us that weekend at the Waldorf Astoria or uh, four days. I think it was when I, when I went to uh, New York to go see the Letterman show. Uh, I've met him in Pennsylvania. He went out to breakfast with me and, and also he got me a room in Atlanta. He's just, he's helped this show in innumerable ways. And I thank him so much. And I'm glad to see that he signed up for Patreon again. It's completely unnecessary because he's helped me so much in the past but he wrote me a nice note and said i want to help you going forward in the future and thank you so much for for our friend david watson coming back on board with patreon helps out the show you can sign up now there's all sorts of different levels and uh and we'd love to have you on board so go ahead and be a patreon person please that would be fantastic it, it supports this show and makes everything happen you can go to the website mikeschmidtcomedy.com that's mikeschmidtcomedy.com go to the joe business page and we got all sorts of stuff there for sale but most importantly we got the amazon link that is lurking there if you click on the amazon link because again it's still christmas shopping time maybe you're running late and you're buying some late gifts to get shipped to people go to the uh, joe business page click on the amazon link and then you're in the amazon store it doesn't cost you anything extra it doesn't cost you anything more but 30 seconds to go to my page find the link and click through and then you're shopping at amazon with the stink of me all over you you got almost like a schmitty joplin stink on you as you're in there sorting through 
through and buying stuff and we get money, they get money, you get stuff. It could not be a more perfect pyramid. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. That's what you're going to Amazon for anyway. And now you're just cutting me in on the gig. I get someone on the back end, which I enjoy. God knows I love the back end. I think we all know how much I love the back end. So cut me in, baby. Bring me in on your Amazon back end. And there's something I wanted to tell you that I forgot uh, to mention earlier. I know we're pretty deep into the show, though. You know, the Twitch channel exists, as I've mentioned earlier. Go ahead and be a follower. Now, you do not have to subscribe to Twitch. You don't have to pay uh, anything to go on Twitch. You can just go be a follower. It's a website. So you can go to twitch.com and find my channel, The 40-Year-Old Boy. And uh, say again. Sorry, twitch.tv. Go to twitch.tv. I'm ruining everything now. Go to twitch.tv. Huh? All right. No, that's okay. Whatever you, whatever you got to do, find me. Go to Twitch. If you, look, if you Google Twitch, it's going to come up and click the link. So you go there. You look for my channel. And uh, it's a website, man. It's not something you need to join. It's not something you need to subscribe to. It doesn't cost anything. You just get to go in there and find me, and you can watch the live streams when they occur. Well, if you follow me, you'll know when they do. But at the same time, if you want to watch embedded live streams, like if you want to watch the stuff I did this past week, it's available there on the website. Now, you can also go to YouTube and see the edited versions of those streams where we've put out uh, kind of a chunk, a chunky best of, I'll call it, of the things that I said and the silliness that we did. But if you want to see the unvarnished, unedited streams, they are still available there at my Twitch channel. You want to watch 90, you want to settle in with 90 minutes of me? You want to settle in with 130 minutes of me? It's two hours and 10 minutes. I'm going to do a lot of math and numbers at you. You can do that right now at the Twitch channel go ahead and watch the unvarnished unedited streams or go to youtube and uh, and first of all follow us there subscribe there and you'll find out when all of the videos that we're putting up that are edited of the stuff that i have done overnight or in the afternoon or whenever you were working and you couldn't join us and you can go ahead and check those out so please again support the twitch channel support the youtube channel uh support cameo support the paranoid strain support amazon support everybody just support it all patreon <laughs> i could i could not be more in your pocket if i was your wallet holy fuck but please support the show and it makes me happy. Uh, and I, I will tell you, we've been doing the house. You know, we've been putting up all this spaghetti. We've got all these fucking wires. I've been throwing shit out. I got a couple of raspberry pies and I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can to have a finished house. We've, I, haven't, I don't have Netflix yet, but I had the new internet, which made me happy. I had to order that. I had to cancel AT&T and I'm on the phone with them and they're trying to upsell me. And I'm like, I'm canceling you motherfuckers. Would you like to add a landline? Oh my God, that's exactly what I want to do. I just called to cancel your internet because it blows. Please give me a landline so I can call myself in 1974 and remind myself to jump off a fucking bridge. You've got to be fucking kidding me. But they tried, man. They tried to get me tv they tried to get me all of it and they made it hard there was two different phone numbers i had to call i had to wait on hold it was just a fucking mess and finally the guy he kept trying to talk me into staying and trying to give me shit never really apologizing for the stuff that i because i wasn't complaining until he finally insisted and finally went look i quit for a reason man you guys let me down the service i was 21 years and he then he didn't want to hear it sorry sir okay fine and he just fucking wanted to get me off the goddamn phone but in doing this, that was a door that just slammed outside. I hope you heard that. In doing this stuff where I'm unpacking things, like I have a box for a router. I have all these deliveries that have come here. Uh, I received a FedEx box as well. And this FedEx box is sitting here waiting to get tossed out. There's garbage. It's got to be I have empty Amazon boxes. And I keep saving them thinking, well, you know what? Maybe I can repurpose them and I can ship stuff in them. And it's like, what the fuck are you? Just throw these fucking boxes out, dude. I literally, I've got 10 boxes in my living room. Every time I think I'm going to be uncluttered, I wind up with a pile of cardboard, but I have to tell you, I'm very happy that there was one, uh, one pile of cardboard in my, in my house <laughs> because, uh, all right. In the morning, you know, Ahmad, he stays in his hotel. So I wake up in the morning and, uh, I've got to take a shower usually. And then I go over and I grab him. I tell him we, we have an arranged time. I come over at 11, come over at noon, come over at 10. Uh, Sunday, it was really early. It was like nine because he was going to watch the bears with me and stuff. And I have not been sleeping for a week. I've been just bleary eyed. I've been getting like four hours a night 
sometimes five. And every time I'd pick him up, he'd look at me and he'd go, did you sleep? And I'd go, well, funny story. And he'd laugh. Uh, but one day I was energetic and he's like, I know you got some sleep last night because you're actually speaking like a person. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I, I did get some sleep. Uh, but what I do is I usually, I sleep till the very last minute because I have to go get a mod. And so if I'm, if I tell him I'll be there at 11 o'clock, I'll, I'll set my alarm for 10 15 and then I'll hit snooze until like 10 35. And then I jump in. It takes me 15 minutes to shower and get dressed. And then I text him and then I head over and I grab him. So when I get out of bed, I mean, it's, it's, it's a production. It's, I don't have, I don't lollygag. I don't make coffee. I don't get to, to sit and do nothing. I'm in bed until the very last fucking second I can be in bed. And then I get to spring up and it's a, per- a perpetual motion machine where I get to get stuff done. So in my house, you know, I take really hot showers. I've talked about this before and it sets off my smoke alarm in my bedroom. So I try to open the front door before I take a shower. So then there's a cross breeze from the window and the front door, but in the window, there's not much of a breeze. Uh, so I have to close my bedroom door in order to get the fucking alarm not to go off. I mean, it's it's a whole production. Ahmad was here once when I took a shower and it went off. I'm like, Ahmad, can you close the bedroom door? Because I forgot because uh, it's happening all the time there. There's no breeze and all the steam is accumulating and it's setting off the alarm. So usually I just wake up, I go, I open the front door and then I go back. I, you know, put, I put toothpaste on my toothbrush. I turn on the shower. I put the toothbrush in my mouth. I jump in. You know, again, I, I describe these things in way too much detail. Now, you know, every fucking thing I do, but it's important that you realize I hop out of bed. I go and I open the front door and then I go ahead and get right in the shower because again, I sleep till the very last second. I stay in bed till the very last minute. Now I sleep naked. I, I got no clothes on when I'm in bed because I find it I find it constricting. I find it binding. I like being able to reach down and remember if that everything I find out that everything is still there. So what that means is when I get out of bed, like I don't have a robe because I'm I'm not fucking Hugh Hefner and it's not 1971. So I I just I I fucking I get out of bed and I'm naked and I have to go to the front door and I have to open it and then I and uh, I, I give a I listen for a second to make sure that Lou's not leaving his apartment and that nobody's outside. And usually there's no traffic outside my apartment. There's none at all. Except for sometimes the guy's cleaning the pool and then I'll open the door and I'm like, I kind of got to duck and dive or move off to the side really quick. And then I got to sprint to the bathroom and hope nobody sees my fucking ass cheeks. Uh, but occasionally I'll, I'll on my way to the door, I'll grab a bath towel if it's handy. Or I'll grab a pillow from my bed and I'll hold it in front of me and I'll walk up. And I mean, you know, I, it, it's not doing much. I'm still a fucking naked dude with a pillow in front of him. But at least nobody's getting a, the, the free show. Everybody, it's an R-rated show. not a P, No, it's a PG-13, not an R. Uh, so the other day I was really late and I was, I, I was supposed to be to grab him. And uh, and I texted him. And I'm like, fuck, we got to bump this, man. I thought I was going to be I'm going to be a little bit late. He's like, no problem. So I jumped out of bed and I went and I, I on the way to the door. I grabbed the FedEx box that's on my chair and I walked with the FedEx box and I opened the front door and right when I opened, because I should tell you, I have a, I have a, you know, a mesh door, a metal door on the outside, like a screen door. And then I have my house door, my apartment door, which is made of wood. It's the indoor door. And I lock the out screen door so nobody can come in while I'm showering and steal all of my things. So I open the inside door. I'm holding a FedEx box in front of my cock and uh, the owner of my building is at my fucking door, like not even walking by, not even in the distance. I mean, she was coming to my apartment and it just so happened that I beat her to the knock and I open the fucking door and I do it. And she's standing right there. And she, I mean, she gets a full Eiffel. I'm completely naked except for a FedEx box in front of my cock. And, and I, I go, 
I did a fucking, and my hair's like, I just look like a fucking maniac. I just got out of bed. So I'm naked. My fucking hair's wild. And I'm, and I literally opened her like, whoa. And she looks up and she goes, oh my dear. And I said, hey, Christine. And I go to close the door. She goes, well, no, no, I have to talk to you. And I go, no, 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 dude. I am in no shape to talk to you. She goes, I am 84 years old. I have seen everything. We have to talk. And I'm like, no, listen, I know how comfortable you are with fat guy holding FedEx in front of cock. I am not comfortable talking to ancient landlady who now has seen me naked. It's just not my thing. And she's like, well, it's okay. I have to talk to you for just one second. We are, you know, we are going ahead and people are the dumpster. And I go, look, I can't, Christine, I can't, I can't. I, I, and she goes, why not? And I go, if you haven't noticed, I have a special delivery package I have to get out this morning. <laughs> and she goes, again, I don't mind. I go, Christine, I mind. Find me later. And I just, boom, slam the door. And I'm standing there and I hear her just, she just walks away. Like she didn't even fucking flinch except for when she said, oh my dear. But she just kind of segued back into, I'm old. I've seen it all. Let's fucking talk. And I'm, I'm swinging. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And in my brain, I just thought to myself, you know what? If you, I, I, how do I not? Cause that's fuck. All that is at that point is, is just fucking that's poker. You know what I mean? I, I went in over the top and she fucking went all in on me, but going, all right, man, you're coming out here holding your dick. Let's take a look at it. And I should have, I should have fucking, I should have gone over. I should have, there you go. But instead I chickened out. I folded. I fucking folded, man. I folded with my fuck. And I had a flush. I had a full on flush in my hand. And like, the good thing is I didn't have a goddamn straight. Uh, you know what? I, if I'd have had a straight, that might've been a problem. But the fact that I had a fucking flush, I opened the door. I could have fucking beat her. I probably could have fucking beat her. You know what? With a straight flush, that would have fucking definitely cleaned house. But holy fuck. The fact that she was just willing. You're a mean one, Mr. Schmidt. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as a meal, Mr. Schmidt. You're a bad banana with a greasy black Garlic in your soul, Mr. Schmidt. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. You're a vile one, Mr. Schmidt. You have turned my thin, your smile. You have all the tender sweetness. Seasick crocodile, Mr. Schmidt. Given the choice between the two of you, I'll take the seasick crocodile. You're a foul one, Mr. Schmidt. You're a nasty, nasty squirt. Your heart is full of unwashed socks, your soul is full of dirt. Three words that best describe you are as follows, and I quote, you're dirt, dirt. You're a rotter, Mr. Schmidt. You're 
lots of dead tomatoes squashed with bony purple spots, Mr. Schmidt. Your soul is an appalling dump heap, overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable. Mangled up and tangled up knots. Decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce.